Hello and welcome to Intimate Discourse. My name is Jason. Today's episode will be the last one we publish in 2022. Uh, we'd like to thank you for tuning in during this fledgling stage while Dimitri and I attempt to forge together something meaningful to offer you. We'll be back in 2023 with some new ideas and topics for discussion, some great guests, and with videos starting in the first few months of the year. Until then, I keep fighting the honorable fight, and we'll talk to you soon. Today's episode, All Too Human, Pride, was recorded in Toronto, Canada on September 11th, 2022. I hope you enjoy the show. Adieu. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Um, Jason is my name, and I'm here with Dimitri. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, all. Um, today, we are doing a show on the human um, attribute of pride. Uh, very interesting, much maligned, uh, sort of like ambition, um, and closely related to ambition, I guess, in many ways. Ambition is sort of, um, I think of that as... Um, you know, when I, it's funny, like I kind of doing a little bit of research on this and in terms of movies, like, um, um, if they, if a review site is talking about, uh, famous movie characters who were, um, ha involved, like had too much pride or overweening pride, you get things like, you know, um, Al Pacino and Scarface, Tony Montana and, um, the, Jordan Belfort and uh, Wolf of Wall Street and, um, you know, Gordon Gecko and things like that. But I don't really see that as pride. I see that as ambition. And like, I think these are two separate things. Like pride to me is, um, well, I'll, I'll describe more about what pride means to me, but I think it is very distinct from ambition. Like, I think you can be proud of yourself without being ambitious. And I think you can be ambitious without being proud. Um, although the two do go hand in hand sometimes. Both have their line they can cross. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Ambition can turn into greed and pride can turn into hubris, I guess. Yeah. Um, speaking of hubris, let's start with um, the devil, <laughs> oh, Satan, um, sort of where, I don't know, when I think of like Huber, when I think of like pride gone amok, I think of like, um, you know, Milton's Paradise Lost or like, you know, the devil from, you might know him from such books as the Bible and uh, we, we've met. the concept of uh, we've evil. Met. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, but obviously, uh, an angel who um, was, um, I mean, you know, in theory, whatever you say, but like, uh, you know, God's favorite uh, angel and kind of everything went to his head, I guess. And then he decided he wanted his own kingdom or he wanted to sort of uh, fire up a bit of a revolt. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so when I, when I think of that, it's like, um, yeah, I guess when you, you know, when you think of it that way, that, that is a little... Uh, more ambitious than pride. Um, but that's just, I don't know how you always hear him described as like, just, um, just had so much pride that he was smitten from heaven. And, um, yeah, I guess pride would be like the, uh, the, uh, the instigator of ambition almost mm -hmm. in a sense. Yeah. The fuel, yeah. The fuel in the tank. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause you're not going to be ambitious without, without pride and then act. Well, I can see being, yeah, you, I guess, you, you know? I, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a good point. You might have it the other way around where it's like, you're, um, proud, like you can be proud of your family. You can be proud of, you know, like your little homestead or whatever. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're ambitious. Right. But the, yeah. but I think you're right. The other way around probably 
is a requirement. Like otherwise, what are you ambitious for? Um, yeah. So um, it's kind of these days, like I said, it's it's not necessarily one of the, uh, in fact, it's one of the seven deadly sins pri uh, prides, which is um, interesting. And did which, you which did you know it's not in the Bible? Oh, really? I think it's from Dante's Inferno. The seven deadly sins yeah. in general? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's that. in the Old Testament, but there were eight. I believe, um, I can pull them up. I believe there were eight sins in the uh, Old Testament. Yeah, in the Old in the Old Testament, seven spirits of deceit are mentioned, mm. including fornication, gluttony, fighting, vain and glory, pride, lying, and injustice. Right. That's from the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah, vanity, I guess, is something that's sort of the same. No, there's overlap, well. obviously. Yeah, yeah. They're thinking about the same stuff. And did you know about the, the virtues? Um, uh, no, vaguely. Yeah. yeah so there, there are uh, the seven virtues. And again, I, I'm actually not sure where this comes from. I always assumed it was the Bible, but it might be... Um, Dante? Maybe Dante. It's either, the, it's either the Bible, Dante, or Milton. <laughs> There's no other text. Um, so the virtues are chastity, which when you think of it is a little, uh, little outdated. Uh, temperance. Mm. It's like, okay. Uh, charity, that's a, um, uh, diligence seems weird. You know what I mean? Like, uh, well, it's like tenacity, you know, uh, like, I don't know, like a virtue. Pro Protestant or? work ethic. Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just trying to think of like, um, yeah, in terms of like the seven virtues, that's like, yeah. you know, um, it's like pride in the name of love, you know, a good song, but does it make a top 10 list? No, like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, kindness, uh, patience and humility. Uh, humility, of course, being the opposite of pride. Mm. Um, I, I think these days that uh, it is it is still sort of continues to be a maligned. Um, it's funny. I think that it pride sort of um, got its day in the sun, maybe in the, uh, I don't know, I would even think like the Middle Ages or like... Um, I, I think there was a lot more to be, you know, I'm thinking of chivalry and like knights and stuff like that, or even like, even in the 20th century, there was a lot of pride, but it seems to be once again, becoming something that's sort of a, a vice where, um, you know, you don't want to be too proud about something like some things it's okay to be proud about some things it's not. Yeah, And then there's, um, internalized pride, externalized pride. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, uh, I, I would counter though. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the tales of Homer with uh, Odysseus and Achilles were pretty proud individuals as well right you know, or at least or at least they were presented in a way that uh, they're maybe you shouldn't be proud of them this is the thing but their virtues has uh, created the characters they are and therefore we should be proud of the good virtues they have right and yeah. therefore act on the virtue not just pride without the ambition of actually doing something yeah you know like, look at these guys this is my history oh my I must be fantastic. Sure, what have you done? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, the, I think pride is, at least my definition of pride, and I would think that this would be what everybody would think. Um, uh, but you know, I don't know. Like, I guess your mileage might vary. But pride is the the more local it is to you, the more it's about something you've done and can and um, an accomplishment you've done. Sure. Um, that's the more pride you should feel. Like this idea of conferring pride to um you know acts that other people have done or acts that like you know because um for example like the color of your skin if you're like like and this gets into an area that you know i think is going to be kind of interesting to talk about but like the idea of 
like white pride or black pride doesn't make sense to me. Like mm. there should never be pride about something that you can't be proud that you're like six feet tall. Well, you didn't or do anything to deserve that. Exactly. Yeah. Like there shouldn't, I don't understand the notion of pride or, or gay pride for that matter. Like I think that, I think with the, just before like, you know, like you're getting like bombarded with hate mail. Mm. Um, the, I think that, I think that it's something else. I don't necessarily think it's pride, right? Like I think that that's well, group identity, no? It's group identity. I think it, what it is is that it's about saying that like we're it's 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 instead of saying um like saying gay pride um and having being proud of that is a way of saying we're not ashamed of that. I think there's sure. and it's just a, it's a better way of saying that. Like it sounds better than Well, when it's been presented as shameful for, you know, thousands of years, yeah. I can totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it's um it is uh yeah. It's a it, it is a misnomer, but it's like um I under I certainly understand the motivation behind it. And when you get into like um gay pride parades and everything where it's like um this you know, trumpets blaring and like, you know, flags waving and people marching down the street, it's like um that's a celebration, I guess, of being of of your identity and it's basically it's saying we're not ashamed of this anymore sure and i come all behind that in terms of uh you know equal rights yeah yeah, yeah of course. like i know it's a, but you have to be careful these days you have to just you know yeah i know yeah the, the disclaimer yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, 100 you know. equal rights right just i don't like it when it starts to be presented as like you're the unicorn or the star or you're better than mm-hmm. because it can be it's a fine line between taking that and making it equal or over promoting it yeah. And like, how do you not overpromote it in one sense? Because it's been around for, you know, it's been kept in the closet, let's say, for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. And it's its moment to come out. Right. And then how do you promote it to just the right amount? Yeah, know? because then you get other interests involved and it's yeah. like, you know, then it becomes kind of a bit of a business. So it's like, I, I think a lot of it, you know, was started in the right, with the right intentions behind it. And uh, I think it, I think that that movement needed to have that. Like, uh I do, but I, I I think that um, I think it's a big difference. I think people confuse this idea of like pride and um, respect. You know, like I think that that's fine. That's fine to be respectful. And I I mm. have talked to gay people who have who aren't necessarily thrilled about like some of the uh, stuff that happens at the gay pride parade and they feel like it misrepresented that they're yeah, misrepresented. The same sort. But but I also I think that they would uh, I think that they would also have the caveat as like they think it's an important thing to have happened in the first place and like would associate it with like, you know, if you're, if somebody is saying that you're different or like your, your love isn't the kind of love that's like, you know, ordained by God or whatever, yeah. uh, it's not true, then, you know, it makes sense to, you're going to want to fire back with like, you know, sort of like a proud demonstration, like walking down the street and being like, yeah. well, it is, it is true love. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And that's where, I mean, I think it was a protest parade initially. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right? So you're totally, totally fine with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think this, so, and then we'll get into, like, I mean, so this idea of white pride. Um, like, I think that, I think that a lot of this stuff, I think, I think with black pride, I think it's the same thing. I think it's a group that had for the longest time was thought of as not equal or, or had a lot of slavery. Yeah. 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 Uh, And, um, uh, the, the idea of now being able to sort of come out into the sun and being like, you know, we have our own culture, we have our own, like, like, you know, 
we've been saying this the whole time kind of thing. And mm. to be able to now take the reins and say like, you know, there's, um, we are proud to be black. Um, I think that that's like emblematic of we're proud of our culture or we're proud of this. Like, cause it's not the same thing, right? Like, I mean, of course. like the color of your skin is like the color of your skin. It's not something to be proud of, but it's proud. You, you should be proud to be part oh, of it. Those group. are racy words there, Jay. No, but the, but the, but the, but you should be proud about, um, like being part of a group, like I can understand. It's like, um, it's you like know, how far do like, you take the let's group? Let's take one more Jews in the Holocaust. Like, I mean, like, you know, I think that there's like, there, there's like, that is sustained almost Judaism. Like the, like not that it hasn't been sustained. Yeah, for definitely. Years, group identity like, can help keep the, the, the individuals within said group, you know, um, glued together, glued together and successful in getting their genes to the next generation. Like just literally survival. Yeah. And, and it's kind of that thing where if, others are aligned against you, you bond together, you know, it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then it, it kind of forges you as a group. So it's, uh, so whatever, I, you know, I guess when I hear the whole white pride thing, I always kind of roll my eyes. Cause I'm like, it, like, it's this whole idea of like, well, you should be, um, well, why can't white people be proud? And it's like, because you shouldn't be proud if you're, because of your skin color, you know what I mean? That's why, mm. like, you can be proud that you're American or proud that you're so you, English wait, let me, or whatever, I'm a little but, confused. You're okay yeah. with black pride but and jewish pride but not white pride no i i think that anybody who's proud of their skin color or some like i i think that the degree to which the you are straying away from personal accomplishments that you've done mm -hmm. is the degree to which uh the amount of pride should um wane so like it, like if you're proud of if you're proud because you're black, if you're like, I'm black and I'm proud, mm -hmm. then I, what I'm saying is it's ridiculous to be, to be proud. <laughs> Take this snippet out of context. <laughs> it's ridiculous to be proud of your skin color. Okay. So whether that's black or white, okay. but it makes sense to me that people like, like black people, because they were, um, so like aligned against in many ways. And they, they sort of, as a, as a group, because of their skin color were, um, had so many tribulations to overcome. Sure. They they then forged together as yeah. uh, as a so group. You can would. understand their reasoning. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not pride. I'm saying it's like you you should be proud of that. You should be proud of your culture. You should be proud of your how you like the actions. Yeah, and, and what you certainly aren't because you can make ashamed. any other attribute. Like it could have been skin color number of digits on your hand like you could pick any attributes exactly like yeah religion yeah, it's like well and proud language, i have blue whatever. eyes it's like what are you proud of like nobody gave you the blue eyes but but god or mm. you know whomever you choose to yeah you're right you're right, right. <clears throat> um diffusing it just to the skin color as opposed to thinking of the the meaning behind what took to keep your peoples going like you mm -hmm. said the uh the trials and tribulations and sticking together as a one homogenous unit yeah um that's where you should put your focus on Right. Regardless of the attribute that that uh, differentiates you from the other groups. Absolutely. And I think it's yeah. important because I think these days it's so, we were talking before about like how people get caught up in like, well, you don't want to say the wrong thing in like a five minute, 10 minute soundbite or whatever. But it's like, we have to, as adults and as people who are trying to make sense of the world, get away from this whole idea of just like trying to capture somebody saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's like, you know, within context, that's in context is, you know, what I'm saying here is just, um, there's nothing, I don't think anyone really thinking about it would think there's anything like controversial about it. I, well, it's just that. For sure. And to your point, when you say white pride, black pride, Jewish pride, there's nothing about being white, black, or Jewish that made that actually actionable. Right. 
right? So it's the what made it actionable that is the thing you should be proud about. Yeah. We stuck together. We got ourselves educated. We were diligent with our money. Those are the attributes of said group right. that you should be proud about. Not the actual, well, my, my eyes happen to be blue there. Therefore, I'm part of the blue, the blue group. And that's just amazing yeah. on its own. Yeah, you know, but it's just you know people like to downsize and like oversimplify things. Yeah, I Chunk, think that's a way. It's a way to sell it, kind of know? thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but that's it, it is a little bit of the problem though because you get it comes into these things where people are like, well, what about white pride? Because as a logic thing, you can say like, well, yeah, if they have black pride, why can't white people have white pride? But mm -hmm. it's like, it's it's because you know the difference is it's it's not a, the the thing is it's not about skin color and it's you know it's just not about skin color so then you have because black people were oppressed that's what they're that's yeah. that's what that is that's if, what that whole black and if you're going to sit is. there and say western western europe's uh, accomplishments or the west of which even the west is divided into eastern europe and western europe and of course right. if you just look at world war ii you can see how non-unified europe was right <laughs> and then yeah. to sit back and say well wait a sec we have a lot to be proud about together mm -hmm. Um, if you give people the chance, they'll find all kinds of things to create smaller and smaller groups. Yeah, yeah. You know? And the smaller the group, uh, the more I think that you have a right to be proud about it. Um, We're more closely connected to the actual impetus why it is a group to begin right, with. Right, right. Yeah, like uh, one of the things I've always had a problem with, like I... I I don't know how athletic I am. I'm fairly athletic though. Like I do a lot of athletic things, but it's like I, I used to watch sports all the time, like hockey and baseball, especially when I was young. Um, but I've kind of gotten over it. And there was a period where I watched football, NFL football for a, a while. Mm. Um, but I really started getting over it um, as the years went by when I noticed that hockey's a little bit of an exception with this, but like with a lot of, like in Canada, we just don't have like a lot of Canadian born baseball players. So it's all players from the Dominican Republic mm. or, you know, Texas or um, wherever that come play for the Toronto Blue Jays for like maybe, um, you know, it used to be actually longer contracts, but now, but now you have even shorter contracts. So it's like, I went to, um, um, I was in Pittsburgh last weekend and it was like a celebration kind of thing for my dad's birthday. And we went to see like my dad and my brother were both like fanatic uh, baseball fans so we went to this um we went to two games and beautiful field in pnc park by the way like it's like the best uh ballpark i've ever i've ever been in terms of like the aesthetics well, pittsburgh's it, always been a sport town oh yeah the Steelers yeah. crazy yeah. for their Steelers. yeah and I like that i like the whole setup when you pull into the city with the two rivers and kind oh, of oh yeah it's really yeah, cool yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful city um yeah i'm surprised you don't really think of that but it's yeah. like it, it actually is a really nice city and the, the ballpark is amazing and they did this cool little drone show and it was really neat um but uh, you know, I I, I was like, okay, so what are the Jays doing? Cause I don't, I don't really follow it. Like I, um, I maybe, I don't know, there's been kind of runs where I'd get into it, but I used to like, when I was young, like my grandmother was really into the Jays. Like I was, I was really into the Jays and I was into them for a long time. And then they had like the strike back in 93. And then there was mm -hmm. like a couple of other things that happened. I'm like, you know, corporate wise yeah. that I was like, you know what? Like, I don't need this. But the main thing is I don't, I don't understand who I'm cheering for. Like, am I cheering? Like, who, why do I want Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays to win? You know what I mean? Because a bunch of players that are being paid millions of dollars from other countries so are... Not like you've done anything to... Yeah, and it's not like win. I've done. Even if it's Toronto in general. Like yeah, that. yeah. I, I donate with my... We should have you know, a GoFundMe for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although money's not the problem, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but, but I, I see your but point. You know what like I mean? We like, don't actually have anything to do yeah. with the thing that we're showing pride about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you see, and I mean, I understand more like, you know, you get into like college football or high school football. It's like, okay, there's more mm, of a connection. Yeah, yeah. Smaller group, more local. And it makes sense to feel more pride in that. Like, 
you know, maybe you're not on the team, but you're friends with somebody who's on the team and you're, you know, maybe you guys were talking and like, um, you know, you said some inspiring things. So you feel a little bit, you know, in some way responsible for the game or whatever. You're kind of like, you're bonded together more. I guess just in the, you're in the larger context, if you feel the pain of the losses, then you're also going to feel the joy of the wins. So it's what you feel. Yeah, maybe. You take it personally. Even right. though it's a group, but thing. it just it just doesn't make sense. Like I mean, I I, I don't like I don't I don't want to deconstruct <laughs> what am I doing it. Doing here? Like, Why did I jump off the couch? Yeah, I like I, I mean, know. sometimes it's just about you don't even want to think about it too much because it's like you still feel it. Like I mean, I remember watching. Um, it's I, tribal. Yeah, yeah. It's really just a metaphor that that's your army on the field, mm. and somewhere in our you know Cro-Magnon brains is like, well, my tribe, whoever's on that team, just won, and my mm. city's safe. And my yeah. flags are amok and the people are on the streets and it's revolution and it's just, we're safe. I think it's very tribal. Yeah. You see the play out more in the Olympics, even when it's individual sports, you get the flags going yeah. to nationalism, yeah. people you've never met, never heard of, you'll never interact with. And all of a sudden, because they went to the same, uh, I don't know, they drive down the same roads or maybe trained at a facility you've passed by once. Like that's where they trained. Yeah. I'm extra proud. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's going to show that the system that you pay for in your taxes actually help produce that person. Yeah, maybe, yeah. You know, beyond DNA, because obviously it's multicultural, mm -hmm. you know, so it's more like, you know, USSR was showing their system versus the West's. Right. Right? Yeah, right, and it's like, okay, well, or system one, or Yeah, whatever. so it's really it's like, a battle of systems at that yeah. point. And then if you are a citizen of said system, then you do have a right to be proud of it. Right, right. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, like if Earth battled the Martians or something like that, and there was a big war and we won, like we'd all feel proud to be Earth, Earthians or um there's always spies amongst us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's really uh interesting though and it's a very so human i are so um faulty it's almost atavistic yeah like it's not even it's like it's like um it's in that part of the brain where it's like um old you know what i mean mm -hmm. like a kind of oh, yeah. atavistic like old like um you know, harkens back to the caveman, like tribal, like yeah. you said. It's been years. I don't know. It might have been called the limbic system, but I forget. Yeah, brain, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Your fight or flight stuff, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's there and we feel it. Yeah. You know, but the, like you said, you turn on the TV sometimes and you'll just see these uh, commercials that are feel very propagandist. And you're like, I didn't see commercials like that 10 years ago. Well, where did the change happen? You know, like, right. so I'm just all about equality. I just keep it like, you know, make it legal. Make it equality. If someone does something that's unfair to another person, you know, like there's punishment of some sort mm -hmm. and you just move on. I don't like the over-promoting, the uh, propagandizing. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. What are you saying about the commercials? Like the... It can be like, you know, anything with like sexuality, like racism. Like, man, just right. it's almost like just make it equal and move on. Because the yeah. more you tear at it, I don't know if it actually makes things... I would like to see this in the oh, future, but I don't yeah, know if it yeah. actually makes things better. You know, we're equal. I awesome. I Let's think what forward. I think what um, I, I know what you mean, and I, I've seen it too, and I I don't like it either. Uh, what bothers me about it is, I, I really like I I don't know how you would do this without it appearing disingenuous, but it really does. Every time I see it, all I see yeah, are a bunch tough. of white guys in a boardroom, like deciding, like looking at demographics, being like, which minority character do we need here? Yeah. Like, let's make sure we represent everyone. Yeah. And it's so disingenuous. It's so well, like, you could also say they're maybe like you're, they're utilizing their pain to make themselves look more virtuous. Yeah. Yeah. As, exactly. a, as, an, as a company. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's something distasteful on that. And that being said, I mean, I mean, I think it is, I think it's a good thing to have, um, uh, like people, like people of color, you know, represented. I of just, I, I don't, or, or, um, you know, different sexualities. I think that a lot of it is like, 
yeah, like you said, it's really hard to find something that is. Well, there's um, they can be they can overplay your hand and they can then unfortunately would slingshot backwards and I, I just don't think that's like like a pendulum going too hard the other way. Yeah, like wasn't it about a month or two ago? Like something like Disney said half their characters going forward will be LGBTQ sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but it might be. I believe there was a news story I heard about that. About yeah. That, yeah. And there was an uproar and people were boycotting Disney. My, mm. my point is, that's awesome. I would like to see more representation as well. But somewhat keep it proportional to that, which is a reflection of the actual society we live in. Yeah. yeah that's the point of equality. Right. Right? Yeah, it's funny. Like, I remember, like, just movies we would watch or, like, I, I just remember there being, like, I don't think, like, I would be, um, and maybe everybody would be, uh, like, if it wasn't if it wasn't such a point of um like every time i see like a you know a trans character in some new sitcom or something it's like that's just demographic that's just them saying like what's trendy now like let's For throw sure. a trans character and yeah. let's make sure everybody knows she's trans it's like hijacking trans. their pain that's how i would yeah yeah you know and that, yeah. that's that's not respectful to what they've been through i, I for me personally I yeah would. i so i would ask though like how do you go about including those people though without it seeming disingenuous that's art you know you, you have to find, yeah i guess you know, you don't yeah. just be be tasteful about it nuanced yeah. you know yeah like, no, there's you know there's a you could you could say i don't know let's take something like pop culture c-3po the robot was uh programmed to be gay <laughs> you know like this right. mannerisms okay Nobody would really have an issue. He was just C-3PO. He was a character. I don't who, think they programmed robots. Well, he's a little light gay. on his toes, and every time it was a battle, he went the other way. But, but <laughs> not that having sex with anything to do with someone's robot? sexuality. But, you know, the stereotypes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, let's just... Was R2-D2 gay, or was that his uh, bottom? Uh, uh, I don't, Actually, I don't, C-3PO would have been a uh, bottom. Yeah, he makes yeah. um, But then, you know, like, so, no, I don't think you could take that sort of character and make a, make a, a backstory to them that I think people would understand, because it's true to the nature of the character yeah. in, in some sort of way that we're familiar with. Right. But if you were to take the same movie and go, well, you know, actually we're going to do a remake and um, we're going to this time make Han Solo gay. Who right. was like right. sort of like the womanizing kind of guy. Like, yeah, well, yeah. What do you mean? Well, you know, he was in that bar in Tatooine. And if you noticed, there was just men in that bar. Right, Maybe that right, bar right. was actually a gay bar. <laughs> and that's why yeah. there was a wretched hive of uh, thieves or whatever Obi-Wan says. Like you could just take it in some way that you'd be like, okay, now you're just pandering and recreating things that aren't true to the original story at all. Yeah. And then it becomes off like we're saying fake. Right. Right. Just, I don't know. So like to answer your question a couple minutes ago, it's just about keeping it honest, authentic, nuanced, and uh, not, not overtly like shoving it in your face because it's the trendiest thing of the day. Yeah, I would agree. It, you're right. It is about art. Like there are directors and writers who can successfully do that. And then there's others who can't. Um, and, and and like you said, when you when you tag it on afterwards, it was like the whole thing when George Lucas wanted to make uh, it was a different situation, but make Han Solo shoot first, or mm -hmm. uh, yes. or sorry, not yes. not shoot first. Yes. And it's yes. like that takes away his edge. Like that's, his character has changed. Yes. Now. He's a, he's he starts off as a bad guy, and he has an arc. And yeah, he, exactly. He works yeah, yeah. through the arc, you know. Yeah. So to take away that moment, you're taking away something that's very fundamental to how. We're supposed to have viewed him. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to sell it to Disney for $4 billion, you're going to have like, well, we're actually, everybody's a good guy on this side. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's where it becomes fake and about money. Yeah. Right. It's exactly that type of thing, but in other domains, whether it's skin color, race, um, yeah. race, skin, are the same thing, but, you know, um, sexuality, politics, like whatever. Um, there's so, I remember so hating George Lucas when after the, 
you know, the prequels came out and just mm. thinking like, oh, he's destroying the franchise and everything. And it's like, how could this get any worse? And then it like got sold to Disney. You know yeah. what I heard? It's an interesting guy. I didn't like the prequels much either, but what I heard was interesting was uh, uh, a lot of the voices, like the younger kids that grew up in that era, absolutely loved the prequels. Yeah. But because there wasn't really an internet with any social media, their voices weren't amplified. Huh. And now that they're getting to be 25, 30, 35 years of age, like that's my Star Wars. That was amazing. I, it changed my life. So yeah. history is looking at it in a more kind light. Yeah, I remember yeah. actually like uh, when they came out, I was surprised. I'm like, why is this so like appealing to kids thinking like, yeah. you know, what, like, like, well, why wouldn't they want to appeal to my, to me? But yeah. it's like, because that's what the show originally yeah. was doing. Like they're just doing the same thing. It's just, I'm not, I'm older now. So it's not like, it's not clicking as much, like, but I would still argue that it was like, our, ge our generation at the time wanted to see basically Star Wars turn into the Terminator. Right. Dark, right, yeah, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah. like completely cyberpunk, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we forget that it had Ewoks and furry little creatures and yeah, all kinds of, yeah. you know, happy endings, you know. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I mean, obviously the prequels have issues, but um, they're not as bad as what. Uh, and, and, you know, compared to the sequels, at least the prequels had a, a reason to exist. They show the story arc of characters that we needed to see. Yeah. Like yeah. Star Wars went from being the Luke Skywalker story to actually the main character is Darth Vader and Anakin. Right. And his journey, which you wouldn't have got from just the, the original trilogy. I also think, and I could be wrong, like um, at least in America or like big Hollywood movies, that the those are the first prequels. Like the first idea of like, let's do something before this happened. Mm, at least as a trilogy, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It was that. And then I remember when Lost did that season three and you're like, oh my God, they're doing flash forwards. And yeah, it was just like yeah, yeah. so mind blowing. Um yeah, so yeah, I mean, just the harp on Star Wars for just a brief second. Like, I think the, the prequels, you said um, it can be art, and maybe not art done so well, but they had they were true to the actual intention of what the whole story was supposed to be. Whereas you had the more polished sequels that come afterwards, but they didn't really push any character development forward at all. Yeah, and they it's, weren't interesting. Like, yeah, exactly. And so this is what we're talking about. Like, um, whether it's someone's gender, race, it's got to be about your character and your character development and feel yeah. authentic. You know, it yeah. can't just be like, well, we're going to insert. And then in the sequels, they did insert, uh, I believe it was a lesbian kiss at the very end of the movie. I don't know if you saw that. And the, the celebratory scene. sort of scene when oh. they have all the thousands of people and it zooms in briefly for one short little second. Um, two very minor characters, both female kissing on the lips. Hmm. And so the whole community were like, that's fantastic. Disney, guess what? That part actually was cut out in China. Hmm. So how much does Disney actually mean this? Right. And by tacking it on at the end of the movie, it's easy to ed edit that out of yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? And um, what's wrong with having a character like be be um, in a same-sex relationship all the way through the movie? Why do you have to... You're actually like, so look at us. We're so great. We ended... No, you're not yeah. great. Make that person pertinent through the whole thing and show me it. Yeah. And there's been plenty of you're shows fake. that have done that, that have had like a good... A good relationship where it's like um either a gay relationship or somebody who's queer or something where there's like um and it just becomes a side thing to the show like it really isn't like the focal point it's just like okay that's who they're with or whatever yeah. and it's like because the character is so well written and the actor is good or whatever that combination it's a non-factor yeah, in, yeah. in a sense yeah. yeah it's one part of their personality as opposed to the overarching only part yeah. of their personality yeah that's always the problem i have uh you know with with um a lot of these movies, like the Avengers movies, is another thing. Like it's just like they become they're, they're so 
devoid of story now that it's all I mean there's also like it's not just about that it's just I just feel like the writers have just like like it's gotten so corporatized that they're like okay we know what the audience likes they we want to oh yeah we got to keep amping it up it's got to be it's about the the, you know, saving the universe saving the multiverse it's got to be like what more can we like it's like um they want to keep one upping the last one until it just gets ridiculous and you're just like well what do you save like you save more saved, than the universe yeah you just multiverse. saved <laughs> you just saved uh you know yeah. the past and the future like what yeah um but uh but that's just the decline of you know and there's nothing wrong American with like a cinema. cheesy flick but just know that what you're on is like a roller coaster ride for cheap thrills and it's not some sort of yeah. form of high art oh yeah, yeah and therefore yeah. you probably want to keep your politics out of it because it's just a kids movie right you know right. when you think about it too these movies are mostly geared i think for like kids right so like yeah. 18 and younger so how much politics do you really want to throw into there well i don't know if they would be considerate throwing in politics though if they're like saying like the problem i, I think you hit the nail on the head originally where it's like i just don't think they're well done like it's like mm. it's not done well when it's done well then it's it, then you don't notice yeah. and it's like oh that's that's great like I, like there's no I don't think there's very many people who would have anything. Well, there probably are some people, but I, I, I don't have any problem with like, like any of, any of, um, you know, minority relationship types course, in, in shows or whatever or anything like that. Like, it's just like, it just has to not be, the show has to not be about that. Like it has to be about some, or unless it's or, like or, specifically about that. Like, what if you took like Dustin Hoffman in the graduate and he's having the affair of the, um, the woman, right? Mm -hmm. And then somehow, let's say you actually have the affair end, but for a different reason, because he actually decides he's gay. You're like, that's right, amazing. Right. Like, oh, wow. He, he came to some sort of revelation. Yeah. It's true to his character. It ends the relationship yeah. because he realizes something internally yeah. about himself and you move on and she kind of comes to terms with it and they actually become great friends and just like, okay, that it is what it is sort yeah. of thing. Like you could easily, I don't, I shouldn't say easily, but it can be done. Yeah. But when it's tacked on to a little lesbian kiss at the end of a Star Wars film where you can edit mm -hmm. it out easily when you go to China, yeah. don't tell me you really mean it. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, I, I yeah. agree. That's. Yeah, I think, and it's just that um, I think Hollywood movies is a good example or a good, they, they really kind of set the template in a lot of ways for the, you know, for uh, culture in America and the West. Uh, there's a lot of. It's like one of their biggest exports is like Hollywood movies. I, I, I didn't know that before, but it's um, it actually makes like a phenom brings in a phenomenal amount of money into America, the um, in the overseas market and whatnot. Um, so does that mean our values are becoming globalized in order to um, please the capitalistic yeah. nature of our world? Well, it's better than you know soybeans being your major export, right? So like capitalism you're, you're, is is homogenizing our values globally. Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting idea. Yeah, it's a. Uh, well, what's interesting about it is how um, much the rest of the world has gravitated toward American cinema, but because there must be something in those cultural values that is instinctively appealing to a great mm. number of people, right? Well, if the West did one thing right, it was that they really nailed it on the head with the sovereignty of the individual. Yeah. And a lot of American movies, you know, the, the John Waynes, yeah. Luke Skywalkers, they really nail the... So I don't want to say freedom loving because it's so tainted, but you know, the, the hero's journey, mm -hmm. you know, which tends to be an individual, you know, and, and not to make this into a movie uh, thing, it would actually be a good show. I'd love to do mm. a movie podcast. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and a music one, the, um, I, I would say like, do you know, when uh Die Hard came out, like mm. there was no expectation that it was going to be a hit at all. Like, and people didn't want Bruce Willis and there was, but, uh, something about John McCain and that whole, it's the same thing, like that rugged individualism where it's like, one 
down in his luck cop or whatever against against the world um against all these smarter european oh, types yeah. it's like there's something about that if you want to root for the guy he right? wasn't like, a, like great at his job he wasn't ripped yeah. like rambo he was kind of um like the al bundy of police officers <laughs> you know like, the everyday wasn't man quite that bad but yeah i know you, you know the everyday, yeah, man everyday man sort of thing yes yes so it, that would be appealing yeah and there was certainly a slew of all kinds of movies that looked and felt like that during the 80s yeah yeah um, a lot of them copying die hard like it was yeah. kind of like such a uh, seminal movie but uh, yeah, it's interesting how um, I, I do think there's something in that where uh, there's people, it's almost like, I think because American values are so aligned with human values, if that makes sense. Like, it, it, well, just humanistic, humanistic values. Well, I think that the, um, and you know, this is not to be confused with, like, I know the American government's done a horrible, horrible things. And uh, um, uh, uh, my girlfriend's going to a... Um, like symposium or something tomorrow night where there's going to be a speech uh george w bush is going to be there and it's like a 100 bucks for a ticket and i was like you know how much is it stephen harper is also going to be there but um I, I was like how much is it like i would love to just go there and boo him like i think george w bush did so much like his administration did so much wrong like mm -hmm. and you just heard this the other the past week of north korea now you know proudly proudly there's there's that uh, key word again, um, proudly proclaiming that they have nuclear weapons now. So, that, mm. so it's like, you know, it's like, what did Bush do about that when there was time to do something oh, instead yeah. went after Iraq, who is like, yeah. you know, and, and it's among his other, like, you know, various, uh, like missteps and crimes and misdemeanors. He, um, he really, I, it was a horrible president, but anyway, it's a side note. Um, the, uh, it's, I think there's something in, yeah, not not to be confused with the America has done kind of a lot of bad things, but I think, like you said, like what they got right was like the Constitution and this idea of really promoting the individualism. And I think that that just really aligns with what instinctually is our human values. And well, they all also been nurtured. They might be instinctual, but I think it's also like it's been culturally nurtured for a very long time. Yeah. Like for instance, would you agree with this statement that human um, human rights? Our strongest in countries that came out of um, the same lineage of um, Western Christianity. Would, uh, would I would I agree? Would I say? Sorry, can you say that again? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, human rights. When we talk about human rights in a secular way these mm -hmm. days, are those human rights overwhelmingly more embedded and more stronger in countries that came through the same cultural lineage as Western Christianity? Countries that were Christian mm -hmm. and now are much more multicultural and secular right. have sort of replaced Christianity with human rights. Right. Right? But could we have got to that level of secular human rights I without the Christianity? Yeah. So then you would have to ask yourself, well, let's look at other countries that don't have Christianity and where did they achieve uh, their human rights? Right. Would you say there's a difference? Yeah, I, I do think that there's a difference. I think that like a country like Canada, for example, that isn't necessarily um, a religious, an overly religious country. Well, taking, I guess, Quebec out of the equation, because they're probably more, I would assume, Catholic. Mm. Um, but um, there is, uh, you know, a lot of our values are based on Christian values, right? Like, it's so like, were they instinctual or were they groomed over two, three thousand years? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, I would say that they're instinctual. I, but I, but I, could certainly hear arguments to the contrary because i would think of like other countries like just because you know um china for example even um 
the average Chinese person, I think, is going to have the same type of values, right? Like they're going to be, you know, well, value would kindness. They, would they because, like, you know, they just got rid of the emperor, what, like somewhere around World War II, right? In China? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I'm, no, thinking, thinking I'm thinking Japan. Japan. So yeah, my, yeah. I was focused on Japan. Which, so you're saying human rights would have the same well, I weight think that, in China as the West? I think every, I think every, I think humanity has, everybody has the same, like everybody cares for their children. I think there's certainly ways that everybody they, has the same potential. But has that potential been, as you said, instinct, but has it been groomed and, and nurtured in the same way that it's actually visibly different on the street? I would say countries on whole, not individuals, like China, Mongolia, Russia, Africa. You know, it pains me to say this because I only see the potential on all humans to be better. Mm -hmm. But I would be hard pressed to say human rights are better in those countries than in the West. Yeah, I would agree. But Russia's a... Um, Christian country. Yeah, I guess they went it's through that whole little, communism thing for so, a while. Yeah, you have that. And um, yeah, communism replaced it. And, and so you, you, you see the difference, though, too, when you go from, let's say, Christian and democracy to Christian communism. Mm -hmm. uh, these things oscillate up and down. But yeah, I, I, you'd yeah. have a hard time. But, you know, and for all it's, you know, communism, like it sounds like the most altruistic human rights program ever made, you know? Right. But again, that's the problem with there because I think they're going for the collective versus the rights of the individual. Right. Which is completely the opposite of, really, if you want to, maybe you'll totally disagree. I'm going to go on a limb here. But if you think about it, some people always ask, like, well, wouldn't Jesus be a Democrat today? He's like thinking about the little guy, you know, socialize. It's all the community together. And I can totally understand that argument. Is it broke too? Uh, so What's that? <laughs> he was broke. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he's on the dole. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sitting in the sand. Yeah, um, his hand out. You know. Yeah. Um, but but really, um, and I, 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 for most of my life, I always thought, yeah, Jesus would have been a Democrat. Mm. These are the values that he would have espoused the most. But then I thought about it from a slightly different point of view. Like, yes, on that one level, he would have been Democrat, but he was also quite the individualist. Which would put him on the right side. Well, respond with responsibility. Personal and, responsibility. Yeah, yeah. It's actually don't go through the synagogue. It's going to be you and God one on one. We're going to bypass all this sort of bureaucratic stuff, right. which is more socialist. And it's just you and God, and that's <laughs> right. it. You know, and it's it's kind of really direct and individualized. Mm -hmm. And um, I think there's a reason why then Christianity really took off um, once they left in in like the. Hellenic states because they were the countries that valued the the sanctity and sovereignty of the individual the most right for all their faults and yes Sparta had slaves yes but if you look at the world on uh, on whole at the time individual rights were greatest in that which was Greece ancient Greece so therefore like it's really it, it's really compatible in mm -hmm. that sense his brand let's say of Jesus's uh, let's bypass the dem uh, the bureaucratic state right and it's just you and God but uh, um, I don't know. Like, I think that I, I would go out on a limb to say that these human traits are uh, universal. And I think that that's why, for example, with communism, you see communism fail is because their system is incompatible with, with the actual um, human traits everybody feels in their hearts. Like, uh, the, and, and for another example is I think that's why human or like Hollywood movies resonate so much. Um, like it's, there's just the, this, um, sort of inherent truth to them that I think that people, and you know, I'm just speaking like, um, like 
I think there's an inherent truth in them that they're telling stories that is, are instinctively familiar or instinctively feel good. Well, they're um, all based on, you know, um, values we have as a culture, but as a, which but are, as a, has been exhibited in other stories we've had, you know, from Shakespeare back to mm -hmm. Euripides or something. Well, I'm just you saying know? that even in, even in countries like India or in countries like um, China, like you'll still get that importation of American culture from... Because the, the human on an individual level, like we're all the same desires that yeah like there's a reason why ancient greece went from being ancient greece to like the hellenic republic because hellenism was really no longer about your genes it was about believing in these ideals yeah. and spreading them around the world mm -hmm. you know it was kind of like the first franchise alexander right, yeah. the great sort of we're gonna take these ideals and completely just you know they will morph and change a little bit mm -hmm. uh, as we head in that time east from uh athens but um but certainly they uh they were you recognized even then to be universal traits of which everybody um, would enjoy and is capable of uh, adhering to. Right. You know, so there's nothing, um, there's nothing ethnic about it. There's nothing yeah. uh, skin color about it or your sexuality about it. Right. Because it's really universal, but yep. universal on an individual level, whereas communism tries to make it as a, like a collective centrist beast, yeah. which totally decimates the, sovereignty of the individual for the better good of the collective which we see coming into you know our that way of thinking through green agendas and everything else these days here yeah it feels, I, I, feel, going back to pride you feel proud to sacrifice for the collective right, right? And they're I, almost utilizing that now yeah yeah it's i think a it's a noble virtue like they've actually t taken it into a virtue instead of having the humility you're taking that pride and say i will sacrifice mm -hmm. And I'll be proud for that sacrifice for the collective. Yeah. Um, did you hear recently about the truckers' protest? There was something. I, I just saw this, and I actually thought of you when I read, when I read. It, it was like something like seventy percent of Canadians wouldn't vote for somebody who supported the uh, Canada trucker. Convoy. That was a recent poll. That was like a few days ago, and I, I think I need it, to see that. It's funny. Well, I mean. Who knows how these things are worded, but I just mm -hmm. thought I, it's it smelled like propaganda to me, and I was smelled like okay, we got to make sure that trying to shoot Polyev down before yeah, it started. I was thinking one hundred percent. So yeah, and so um, Pierre Paul. Well, you, why don't you um, talk a little about it? Pierre well, he just won um, um, to, um, last night the Conservative uh, Party's uh, leadership. What would you what do you call these things? Election? Is it? A uh, yeah, the leadership or the leadership uh, convention. Convention. Yeah. Yep, and. Um, I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis and I'll ask them all the time. So like, what do you, what do you think of this guy? Or they'll ask me cause that's, they just know my nature. And I enjoy these sorts of conversations. And, uh, when I ask them, they're like, well, I just can't, I can't vote for somebody who has those sorts of, uh, ideas and policies. And then I'll ask them, well, what exactly about the policies of Pierre Polyev's do you not like? Mm -hmm. And like, well, I don't actually know much about his policies, but I just know, and then just to your point, uh, the truckers and people with beards and uh, the fringe movements of Alberta and he'll yeah. never win Ontario with a platform like that. I'm like, well, what, what platform? Like, what are we talking about here? Other than defund the CBC, which is definitely a brand new and very extreme uh, policy. But you have to admit, three out of the four leadership candidates for the Conservative Party were, had that as their platform as well. Mm -hmm. So how fringe is it when three out of the four leadership candidates are a proposing the same uh, yeah. reduction in subsidies to the state-sponsored, uh, main state-sponsored uh, news outlet. Yeah. I, uh, yeah it's not no, extreme. I so the, I don't think people have any, like you can't make good judgments if you don't have good information. Right. 
Yeah. And where does that information come from? So this is the other thing too. I don't like rebel news and all these sorts of things. I, I think they, they actually do a decent job in editing clips, but they can come off a little too bombasting or right wingy. And I never, never share stuff from that sort of organization. But what makes them, when they were trying to get into the, the truckers uh, freedom convoy streets, the RCMP or whatever they were, guards, would allow broadcasters that had the badges from CBC, City TV, Global News, mm -hmm. to go in and broadcast. But if somebody came there with a Rebel News microphone, they're like, sorry, you're not from a real journalistic um, organization. Right. What defines one to be real and one not to be real? Those that are real are the ones that get government subsidies? Right, right. Okay, so no, what, are we, what are we into yeah. now? Like, you know, and I'm saying this as a person who doesn't, not a fan, but I have to, of Rebel News, but you have to call a spade a spade. Yeah. So only those which take money from the government are allowed to go there and then videotape and talk about what the government is doing. And you're going to tell me you're going to get an unbiased answer back? Right. How? That's where it becomes much more left-wing, much more... I don't even know if left and right anymore exists because you, know, you talk about national, national socialism, but uh, most people agree there was very little socialistic about the Nazis, obviously. Right. But um, we're getting this weird realm now that I would say the fasc fascist elements are not exclusive to just to the right you're getting that authoritarian uh, merger of politics and uh, business with the centralized authoritarian structures on the left, yeah. which is what we normally call fascism as well. Right. Except they're, they're not communist in a sense because it's a partnership between private and public. So, yeah. so my, my issue is like, how do we get good news? Right. How do, and how do we make good decisions based on this? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it really, uh, and that, you know, we've talked about that before where it's like, you know, we really need more, um, almost sources of truth in the media. Diversity. Diversity in the media. Yeah. Um, but we do, and we need like, we need authoritative, um, we need places to go to where you're just going to get the straight goods where it's like, this is what happened. Like take what, take what you will of that. But, well, you're uh, just not going to counter, you're not going to counter, um, misinformation with uh censorship you just you're going to counter it with more and better information mm -hmm. and let the individual decide yeah like i really it's it's messy it's dangerous we're educated and we're adults and that's why we allow people of a certain age to vote right which by the way the left wants to lower to 16 like right. you know but what are we doing yeah. you know you know like we did have this um instance uh incident rather uh I don't know. Did you see it about two, three weeks ago where some person came up to Christia Freeland, our deputy prime minister mm. in Alberta? I believe she was in some sort of government offices, maybe a city hall of some sort doing I some maybe even personal business. I don't think it was an official business. And uh, yeah, he had a beard and he had a white, what do we call them? Undershirt on, you know. Oh, okay, white beater. Yeah, I'd, trying to stay away from those oh, words, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, so all the, it's almost looked like it was planned because it just like, you just looked the role so much. But I guess maybe it wasn't, I don't know. And he started like, you know, what are you doing in Alberta? Get out of here, you're a traitor. And she quickly moved into the elevator. I believe she did have some security with her and uh, the man didn't follow her into the elevator and off she went. You know, mm. I was raised with a certain etiquette. It's not polite, it's rude. Um, you're going to have to be really, really, um, you know, in a bad position to have to make citizens say such stuff to you. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fair enough. It happened. That's what it was. And they asked him to leave. He left the building. There was no, no sort of struggle or anything else. Okay. But that was a big enough incident for the prime minister to have to speak out about it. Okay. 
So not that I'm a fan, but here in Toronto, we had the very divisive Rob Ford as mayor. Right. You know, and people would protest in front of his house with his children inside with, you know, hundreds of people with cameras, everything. Yeah. But that isn't something the prime minister is going to talk about. Right, right. So, so what differentiates one incident from the other? Like you're actually going to the person. Someone will say, well, it's a woman and he was a burly man. Okay, sure. I mean, that's kind of like, I, I do believe a woman can take care of herself. Why would you put her down? You know, she's yeah. strong. She's got security around her. She's highly intelligent and it's daylight in a government office. But okay, you can give that point. But Rob Ford has his children in his house. Yeah, that whole going to the, like, making, like, it's one thing, like, I, I really don't like Trudeau at all, but the idea of, like, harassing somebody when they're with their kids or anything with their family, it's, it's like, yeah, it's it's like really extraordinarily bad taste. And in, like, the, the wee hours of the morning and there was people, like, going through his backyard and taking pictures, you know, it's just, so, yeah. so for me, that is worse than what happened to Chris Yafilin. The prime minister spoke about one. He didn't speak about the other. Well, it was Trudeau uh, prime minister when Ford was the mayor, though? Ah, very good point. point. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. You know, he's been in power since 2015. It feels so like forever. Right. I know yeah. what you mean. Well, yeah, and um, it's right on the cusp there. But there was no, let's put it, no prime minister spoke out about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And not too many other officials spoke out in defense of uh, the privacy of yeah. the mayor of yeah. Toronto. Right, so I, I don't like the, I just don't like bias. I'm always mm. going to call something straight down the middle. Right, right. That's all I care about in life. I don't care about in group, out group, tribalism. You like me, don't like me, it doesn't matter. There's only one thing that concerns me is being polite and being truthful. Right, that's it. Consistency and consistency. Well. Yeah. And of course, we'll make errors and we'll correct, mm -hmm. but consistency. Um, so I don't like that. And so coming back, you know, have our have our leaders then coming back to Pierre Polyev, have they become a little more like thin skinned? Is this, is this at the level we're at? Like, do weak leaders create weak countries? Right. Well, I, I don't, I don't, you, you mentioned uh, Pierre well, Polyev. Well, but you I don't, have like. I don't like, know that he's, he doesn't really seem thin-skinned to me. No, and that's what I think is actually very appealing in face of all this sort of like new oh, way okay. of leadership. Somewhere in a, about a year ago, there was a federal election and some Looney Tune threw, as they said, rocks at um, the candidate at the time, Justin Trudeau. Okay, but if you look at the video, and I don't endorse anybody throwing anything at anyone. Right. Scream all you want, especially at their work, not at their private place, yeah. private life. But if you actually look at the video, it was uh, he was going onto his bus, and it was gravel, and it was like a handful of like small pebbles of gravel. Right. Something that won't hurt an adult 99.99999% of the time. That became like, oh, there was rock throwing, uh, fringe elements there. Like, well, all of a sudden, we've turned into Palestine. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine what a Palestinian looks like. Like, really, you're living in one of the freest countries in the world, and everybody's upset about throwing pebbles? Right. Right. So that's what I'm going about, weak leadership, weak, thin-skinned leadership. Not that I'm endorsing that behavior, but mm -hmm. bringing it back to Polyev, I think we've, where are our Winston Churchills, our Margaret Thatchers, someone that can stand there, take the heat, well, and debate you on the moment without like pre-made, uh, simplified uh, answers to every possible question from some sort of a, you know, a committee that tells you how you're supposed to answer. Like people are craving strong individuals to lead them. Yeah, I I think um, yeah I want to say something about that because it's, it I think there's something about like there's a tendency these days for. 
everything everything in terms of speech and in terms of um, what you can say to one person, uh, what you can the way you can behave and this and that has become so rigid and so um, uh, like like um, stultified that it's that that it's almost because you're you're having a conversation with somebody and if it's any in any way contentious and the person is like if you're debating them or something like that and it's like um, maybe uh, you know like you have to watch what you say so much that it becomes more and more unnatural. So a lot of politicians have kind of um, adopted this whole kind of like, I'll stick to the party line. I'll say what I'm supposed to say. I know this has been vetted. What I have to say has been vetted. There's nothing offensive in this. So like I can say this. So you get, like you see Trudeau talking and it's infuriating listening to him in question period where he just repeats the same things with that kind of like, uh, uh, as Canadians. And like, it's just like, it's um, it's the most horrible oratory and rhetoric I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and you and you think like that. There's something so inhuman about that, yeah. right? So I it's think like that an really... algorithm speaking to you because what he's basing yeah. his answers off of is whatever the latest poll was. Yeah, and the poll is going to be some sort of mathematical calculation of how the people you're expecting them to ex- want you to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you've been on hold for an hour on tech support, and it's like we're sorry that to keep you waiting, and it's that thing, and it's just like even more irritating than if they hadn't said anything at all. <laughs> so I think that that kind of brings about this anger, where it's like you know I don't condone like throwing things or anything, but it's like I think we live in a different time. Like I don't think that um, Churchill would ever have inspired that because it was just more natural. Like it was, you know, he was more like, even if you disagreed with him, it's like, you, you knew what you got with him. It wasn't this, like he was hiding behind some sort of, and you have to ask why the people are that frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And what actually happened? Yeah. Like did Marie Antoinette complain when the protesters came? (laughs) (laughs) Just let them eat cake. (laughs) Can you imagine like, like we've really, I don't know. We've, uh, we've lost our, um, our backbone. Yeah, well, we are a, a lot more thin-skinned, and that's what happens. Like, because nobody you, believes in anything anymore. Does right. Trudeau really believe in what he's saying? Who knows? Who if knows he did, he then he's going to have passion in that moment. Yeah, from the inside out, saying, "No, no, no, no. Listen, this is what we're doing, and now let me tell you why." But when he's just dress rehearsed, going from one thing to the next, yeah, it's probably like being on stage and the lighting not being right. You just feel off, as opposed to listen. I don't lights or no lights. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you something, and that's where bringing it back to Pierre Polyev. He will smoke Justin Trudeau in any debate one-on-one. And I think you're going to see the population of Canada. They don't know who Pierre Polyev really is yet. Yeah, I ask clients all the time, have you not seen him debate over the wee scandals and everything else uh, one-on-one with Pierre Trudeau? Or sorry, Pierre, Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are like, oh, no, I haven't really. Like, you, they're all over the internet. Like, what are you watching? Like, uh, yeah. is it just because they don't show those uh, uh, interactions on the CBC? Because... I actually believe in a debate, he will be able to, Pierre Polyev, articulate his support for the truckers in a way that people will agree with him. Yeah. The science is with the truckers. We're living what the truckers asked for. Right. We're without masks, so, you know, we're without vaccine. You know, I asked somebody the other day, like, wow, my masks came off March 20th. The vaccine passport QR code system stopped April 1st. And people are like, oh, wow, really? Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, it's easy for you to forget about it when you were part of the the tribe that uh, did the segregating. Yeah. The other people haven't. And you're going to have to have a day of reckoning to ask yourself, was that actually justified? Yeah. And when we look at the science in retrospect, which those who were on the outside of the segregation system knew, how you're going to have to side with what the science showed, which was that the truckers were right. We're, there's nothing different from January till now. And we're dealing with Omicron. You know, we have vaccines. If anything, we we're more freshly boosted of two shots then than we are now. So I would ask people all the time as I'm, de- I'm like, so 
like you know two haircuts ago we were wearing masks and now you're not what's changed well i just kind of feel a little better now i don't know it's summer so you actually don't have any science behind this it's just a feeling right right which goes back to politics too like how much are people just going to vote on a feeling so the thing with pierre polio is i hope he doesn't come off as too um i can throw stones at crystal castles you know it's very easy to be the the he, band yeah <laughs> <laughs> nobody will know that but yeah um yeah it was also a video game in the 80s yeah and oh that, was it yeah, yeah commodore game i believe yeah crystal castles i think that's where they took the name from oh yeah um oh really yeah, yeah. cool well, well this, their music kind of sounds like that yeah like very a video game yeah it's or cool but um good band good band yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, um very much so um yeah so so authenticity is going to go a long way yeah yeah and, and media savvy and uh, social media savvy. And, and, and he has that. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to have to go out there. And I think if he backs down in the least from his um, support of the truckers, people will see weakness and go for the for his juggler ring. Right. You have to sit there and be like, listen, this was the science. And he never said, I support blocking critical infrastructure. There's a there's nuance into how much you actually support the Freedom Convoy. Yeah. It's not like you're all in or all out. Yeah. You know? And, and, and a lot of that will come down to the Emergencies Act uh, in- inquiry that has to be happening now in the fall, whether the federal government was justified in the measures. Because if it comes out through the inquiry that they weren't, that's going to only support Pierre Polyev's position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the conservatives really needed a leader like that is at the very least. Like I've listened to him speak, and I he sounds like you know I like the cut of his jib and everything like that. But uh, you know who knows with politicians? I just wish he could do what he says he could do. That's my fear. Me too. Yeah. Um, but I do think that um, he's a uh, exactly what the conservative like the conservatives didn't need more of the same they didn't need another Aaron O'Toole or Andrew Scheer or like just like let's crank out another automaton blue liberal party basically yeah yeah yeah, exactly like you could get somebody who's get somebody so the Canadians have a decision you know what I mean so they can actually like now we have two people with different ideologies and they'll be able to um you know made that made the best man win you know it's like and for me it's not even about winning it's about it's about legitimizing the conversation and uh, creating a consciousness awakening in the country. Do you feel in a way that we've, we've already won? Oh and, yeah. yeah. There's, there's, that indicates a huge shift in mentality. And just by him being uh, in parliament as the official opposition leader across from Justin Trudeau will be a huge check on how much Justin can actually get away with. Right. Because he's going to call him out in parliament as the leader of the official party. And that will have to be played on subsidized government-run media right right? like you can't run from that now yeah and you're gonna look like a fool at every step because there's a shark across the street looking at you and ready to bite right you know so i think again it's all about checks and balances and that's what makes our society one of the best you know it's not not, i i'm a i'm a classic liberal i don't like saying or feeling comfortable putting myself in a rightish wing even though canada by all metrics is more center left anyway so even our Mm -hmm. right wing party here probably the democrats in the states kind of thing right um so it is all relative but i it's a, it's very difficult for me to to say i support a conservative leader it's not where i naturally fall at all hmm. but i have to be straight and call a spade a spade and when something has gone too far like i'm seeing coming back to what we sat down to talk about today, i'm seeing too much like excessive pride and ideological ambition coming from the liberal party right yeah there's no humility what they did to people over the last two and a half years, which science proves was wrong. Yeah, there will never be a point of reflection and a point of, like an honest point of reflection and 
and and apology to or or even not even an apology there won't be a point where it's like you know maybe we overstepped things um you know we were trying to be well, as soon as they do that they open themselves up for like lawsuits yeah maybe so i can only imagine i mean to, to be sympathetic and again balance i can only imagine what it's like to be a politician and be worried about a lawsuit coming back on you during a time of a pandemic that's hard yeah i don't envy anyone in that position at all but here we are um going into fall 2022, so we're rounding three years almost of this pandemic, and virtually everybody, despite all mitigation methods, has caught the virus. Mm. So it's to catch COVID is inevitable. And we have existing science, and even like the Canadian, I believe it was, or Ontario pandemic planning guide, that clearly illustrated or documented, don't do these measures. Mm. You know, um, lockdowns and wearing masks, they will not work. And yet we went against our own recommendations, yeah. our own historical recommendations. So that's a day of reckoning that, um, you know, like coming back, uh, you're going to have to have show some humility and put aside the pride and ambition. Yeah. So it I, never happens again to the children. Y- you, <laughs> yeah, to the children. <laughs> just, well, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, just to, like, to anybody on the outside, you know, yeah. like we talk about like, you know, the laptop class, yet it was the 30-year-old that was not really at particularly high risk of anything mm-hmm. bad happening through COVID had to stay home. But then the 55, 6-year-old um, person had to go work in an, who was at high risk, had to go work in an Amazon work, uh, warehouse. You know how this is going to be spun, right? Like, or, or is probably already being spun, is this whole like, well, it was a new situation. We didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to do the make the bullshit. best, most safest decision yeah. at the time, like all this. It is bull. It is bullshit because it's like it's like. Well, then you shouldn't have been in charge because other people were making decisions that were different, and there was plenty of science. Like if you really wanted to, um, like I understand taking a cautious approach. Me I understand too. like uh, a lot. A lot of a Two lot of weeks the stuff to flatten the curve. No yeah. problem. I don't think anybody had an issue with the first lockdown. Yeah. But by the end of the first lockdown, we saw through Italy that the overwhelming number of people who were passing away were the elderly. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it wasn't hitting the children. It's one of the reasons why Sweden never locked down the children. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have, I don't think they had a single death under 18 in all of Sweden. And the schools didn't close for the kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So those kids didn't have, un- they didn't have interrupted um, scholastic, yeah. um, you know, pathways. You know, they, they, they just continued as, you know, and just like now in Canada, fall 2022, you can test positive. Okay, this is Looney Tunes. You can test positive. I don't know if you know this now. It came out last week. As long as you don't have a fever, even if you're testing positive, you can go back to work. Really? Yeah. Wow. And Sweden has said the whole time, if you're sick, stay home. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're basically doing what the Swedes have always said to do. Mm-hmm. So how did one country figure it out and not the rest of the world? And what did the media say about that country? Well, they're just a renegade. All of a sudden, you're wonderful central, and they're central leftist government. They're not yeah. actually right wing. So I don't follow this left right narrative on this at all. I just follow science. Yeah. So so hopefully the tide has turned a bit. The curtain has been has revealed the game when it comes down to like um, digital IDs and uh, freezing bank accounts. You can kind of see the future they wish for humanity, and. Um, we have a couple of these roguish countries like Sweden that have shown, and Florida, that have shown a pathway through this that was arguably better. And now we're getting leadership in countries like Canada that are asking for more of that response as opposed to the response we had. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really about putting away your pride. 
Like, let's let's look at the data, say what we did right, what we did wrong, and, and be very honest with ourselves and move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought it back to pride there at the end. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I keep circling back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's important, you know, yeah. like, and this is this is historical stuff, you know, like, it's embedded, it's, it's um, you know, it started in the Old Testament and whatnot, these uh, seven deadly sins, or actually, yeah, it was seven seven spirits of deceit in the Old Testament. Did you know, like, um, that, so w- w- the way we got this um, this list was uh, in the 6th century, the writings of uh, Evagoras Ponticus influenced Pope, Kegri, Pope, Pope Gregory I to come up with his own list that was later added by St. Thomas Aquinas, resulting in the modern-day version of the seven deadly sins. Hmm. That's so, interesting. Yeah. So they've always been there, and like even the Pope's like, "Damn, this is we got to get we got to get some of <laughs> this and some we got to write this yeah, stuff yeah. down somewhere because yeah. it's pretty important." And I believe the actual the uh, origin of the word sin, um, I believe it actually means to miss the target. It's like an archery term. Really? Yeah, that would make sense because of well, sign. I'm just oh, thinking, you're thinking maybe, math? Maybe? Yeah, like yeah. cosine. I don't know. Yeah. So if you miss the target, so so the the point is coming back to pride. There is a target. And when you miss it, yeah, that's that's the sin, right? right. That's why it's a sin. So then you got to ask yourself: you got we, we've we become we become through this we become we become aware of our faults uh, because we understand the fault. We can understand what is the opposite, and that opposite is the virtue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you conjure out the devil, you conjure out of the devil a redeemer. So by by identifying these seven deadly sins, you can find the, the redemption from them. Right. It's fantastic. It's fantastic psychology. Whether there's a afterworld or not doesn't really matter, because these have real world, um, practical applications on how to run a better society. Yeah, and a better life for oneself. So uh, you know, um, another thing that uh, speaking of pride, um, apparently. It, Cometh before the fall. Um, it's also I, I've heard that meme. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> June comes before the season of fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very clever. Um, the uh, national pride is, uh, you know, something that is again a bit of a point of contention these days for a lot of people. Where, uh, and I think there's something to be said for it in the sense of, um, you know, this whole idea that the closer it is to something you personally accomplished, like it, the more pride really you should be feeling as opposed to, you know, if you're American or Canadian, um, you can be proud of, well, you can be proud of whatever you want, but like um, that's part of being an American. <laughs> but it's um, th- this idea of being proud of your country is kind of like, I don't know, I can understand how it's a little bit of um, uh yeah, how how it's a it's a hard thing to reconcile because what do you what are you proud of? Like, have you? I mean, I guess to some extent you're you're contributing to the country, and if your country does something good, like the space race, for example, when mm-hmm. uh, the Americans won that, um, well, they won the race to the man on the moon anyway. I guess I should qualify. Apparently, that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are doubts. No, I just don't. Yeah. You know, the right the right. No, you have to give the Russians credit. They were like the first at everything. Yeah, yeah, and then for somehow sure. We just. For sure. Come from behind victory. Well, it was, I think it was, they just did a massive investment into NASA and everything like that. It's but just, just an ingenuity. I would really like them to go back, though. They are. They are. To the moon? 
Well, they're going back. Yeah, shouldn't it be infinitely a, cheaper now? Like technology makes things cheaper over time. Right. So that which, you know, you see the size of the hard drives of 1960s and now it's like your iPhone was more powerful than any computer. So couldn't, wouldn't we have reached the point at this time now in 2022 that we yeah. could go there for like the equivalent of 50 bucks? Sure. That's but quite something, you know? Yeah. So like they're building, they, you know, they want to put a man on Mars by, or a person on Mars before 20, in by 2025 it's fantastic i just then they stopped like another like launch last week or something yeah they had to postpone because like yeah. some gas leak like yeah, what, yeah. We're, get, we're stopping launches with gas leaks but we put man on the moon 50 years ago like, well, it's, it's you, quite, but, well there's know. a whole testing process that goes along with it you can't I mean, just you like launch it's, <laughs> it's like just let's send the apollo sure, back up. how many how many um apollo rockets got stopped before launching them it feels like there's more today well, I think it's just there's more news. I mean, and it's and it's I mean, it's good to be careful, right? Like you don't want to like you you want to be extra extra careful, especially if you're going to be spending sending people up there. Like, and you also don't want to shoot a rocket up and have it blow up and be like, okay, back to the drawing board. It's like Did, make other sure than Apollo thirteen, were there any that didn't do what they were supposed to do when they were going to the moon? Uh, in terms of failed missions, yeah. I, I don't know. That's quite but, the success uh, rate the compared only to one. today's. Well, if you're talking about, well. I'm not sure what you mean by that because there's a lot of like in terms of NASA shooting up yeah. uh, people they, they haven't I don't think they've sent anyone no I just mean get a rocket in the space man like 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 really like, like, like well harder. there was cloud cover and they, well, they got this uh, O-ring and a thing fell off and we had mm -hmm. two shuttles blow up like we we had two space shuttles blow up but not, like, I, as far as I know and don't quote me on this like none of the Apollo mission rockets blew up while taking off yeah but they're doing um, I mean you're adding it's not it's not always going to be the most, I mean, the Challenger disaster was a, I think, a bit of an exception in the sense that there was, uh, yeah, there was, there's still going to be problems, right? Like, but and the more you do, the more problems. But this, it was the technology in its infancy then. Like, it really, if I'm just saying, you got to give those people credit for what they pulled off then yeah, with yeah, the limited technology. Sure, sure. And it baffles me that we seem to be struggling to reach the achievements at a cost effective means mm -hmm. 60 years later almost. I, I keep waiting for you to say, I mean, it's not rocket science. And I'm saying <laughs> it is, that's literally what it is. Um, yeah. I think that there's a lot of private companies now. I think that I really like, you got to give props to uh, Elon Musk. Cause I think he really sort of energized the whole industry again, where sure. it's like, wow, this guy is doing it in half the time now. So let's start. And then that's where like NASA. I just feel like now. I've never seen a technology stagnate so much. They went from like, like, how do it's we do this? How do we do this? Like, and we did it like in a, let's say a 10 year, 10 year, whatever Kennedy had promised, you know, a mm. short time frame, and we landed on the moon before the end of the decade or whatever it was. And yet now we're 60 years, 50, 60 years out of there, and we struggle with, you know, um, well, I think they, gas leaks. No, but I mean, I think you could, they, they could land a man on the moon again. Do it. Like, well, but why? Like, they, like, they're right now they're going for more. Like, you have to do it to be do a it for justification cheaper. to. Like, we're having a hard time putting, like, uh, um, celebrities in space. Well, <laughs> Not that's really. A long, that's a long time frame. No, the, well, the commercialization of it is is starting to like. There's that competition, which is great for the industry because then you have people like Musk it or is, like Bezos it's, it or whatever. Great. That are I love it. Sending sending things up, and it's there's a lot a of little private companies. Very saying, late. This so is a long on. time. Okay, so well, how do you are, send a rocket? Up in space no, I, I, if I was in charge, maybe I could. Well, but my my look. Just you, I mean, okay, to play devil's advocate, there's been certain technologies that seem to have stagnated in a commercial use. For instance, uh, a Boeing 747 of the 1960s and 70s is pretty much the same type of plane we fly today. Mm -hmm. And I could, to my point, I could like, 
why aren't we flying to London in three hours with half the gas? The technology should have progressed. Because nobody wants to pay for a Concorde. Okay. That's why they discontinued it. And it's the same thing with the space race. I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate to my yeah. point. So I can see I can see that in an everyday thing. So then applying that logic to NASA would be the counterpoint to what I'm trying to say. Like, just nobody bothered with it. Yeah, I think after the space race, well, you even saw, like, even, um, like, after they landed on the moon, like, the missions weren't that... You know, it was like, okay, like we're going up again. Like it wasn't, it just didn't have the same, well, like course. they did it. You know what I mean? So the, the public didn't Everybody have the same appetite. Everybody remembers the first time. Right. <laughs> but, uh, and I think that's what happened. And it's unfortunate because I remember when uh, they retired the Apollo program and it was, um, uh, or I don't know if it was the Apollo program or they, they basically, NASA said, I think it was like 10 years ago or something, well, we're not going to go up into space anymore or something. And it was like, oh, well, I, to me, I was like, well, isn't that kind of what you do? But, uh, but then, um, then, you know, SpaceX came along and I think that just sort of started energizing them or and they thought, or embarrassed them. Yeah. Embarrassed them. Or it's like, Hey, well, then the, even the public was like, yeah, like we should be going up and colonizing Mars, you know, like, and, uh, again, like, I think I really think Elon Musk, like, you know, I feel like I talk about him every time, but it's like, like what, like this guy has, like, he is revolutionizing industries here and like, um, uh, really almost like in many ways, piggybacking mankind to the next, like, yeah, um, sure. the next level. So a strong individual, strong individual, a lot of pride, probably. Sure. Well, in the name of love. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so national, national pride. Um, there's a story that really resonates with me. Um, this woman, uh, I used to teach, uh, English in Korea for a year and, um, there was a woman there. And I thought you were out there for eight years. Was it a year? Was it, it was a year. You think you were away for eight years. No, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> You're getting yeah. us confused. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah no, no, no. It was only a year. So only a year. Okay. Um, the, um, I don't think I could have done eight years. I mean, like I really liked Korean food, but it was, uh, I was homesick after like a year. Um, yeah. So there was this, uh, there was this woman, um, this, uh, well, it was, uh, this whole family in Korea that I taught, uh, and there were, they were, um, had a little bit of a, a sort of an American, a pro-American, uh, slant to their, to their politics. And they were very hawkish in the way that they wanted their own, uh, government to deal with the North Koreans and everything like that is around the time that I think Kim Jong, I don't know. It was 2004. So like 2003, 2004, um, whatever though. There was, a, but, but there was a lot of, uh, feeling in the, in South Korea that was anti-American because of, uh, a lot of the stuff that Bush was doing. Sure. And, um, but, uh, these guys, these guys were sort of pro-American. They're like, well, you know, that's, wow. we're happy to have the Americans troops here because, you know, everything that happened in the Korean war and this and that. And he was really divisive, George Bush. I mean, I was yeah. living in the States at the time. People didn't want to put American flags up, drink Coca-Cola. Right? Oh. I was living in Greece at the time, rather. And yeah, even American flags, Coca-Cola, people were just staying away from that stuff. Yeah. Like he would say, you know, I mean, you can say anything you want about, like, I know people don't necessarily like Clinton or Obama and everything sure. like that. Bush was the worst of them all, like, in my opinion. Like, of any of the presidents that I know of or have done any kind of reading on, like, Bush is the worst of them Do you remember all. those Bushisms? Bush like all the little sayings he would say, oh, you know? Yeah. Get them evildoers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a moron. And, yeah. I, like, and, and yeah, by Bush, I mean his administration. Of like, course, it was, uh, it wasn't even just him. Like, I don't, the guy seems like a simpleton, but... Um, dad seems like a good guy though. Like relatively speaking, I, I was a, like for, I, I was a Democrat. I was more of a Dukakis man back in the day. So oh, I was really, very upset really? that the first huh. George Bush won thousand yeah. points of light. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, yeah. into him at all. Yeah. I just felt, yeah. I just felt with those guys, I felt like they wanted war. Well, I felt that with George W. Bush for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of, so the feeling I got that with the feeling with the first one and we got a war really? with them too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I but you should like I, I've done a little bit of reading on him, so it's kind of like I guess maybe some of it. And who knows how much it all is? I mean, he was the director of the CIA, right? So it's like there, who knows how much is, you know? I'm just kind of getting the the whitewashed uh, version. The of problem, it, and I want to come back to this in a minute or two. Like I'll finish your Korea story, but um, the problem with these people is that as they become like, United States doesn't have any kind of monarchy, but they so what they do is they elevate these people almost like the kings and queens of their right. countries and yeah. then you get dynasties but we'll come back to that in a yeah. second yeah. no i agree i agree um yeah so the, so uh anyway this family in korea i was talking to them and the 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 wife was saying that she had taught in uh america or sorry she went to school in america for two uh for two years or something and there was a point where she was at some celebration i think it was like the fourth of july or some celebration like that where she was really struck and profoundly so with when the national anthem was played how um much pride the people seemed to have in it like they took their hats off mm -hmm. they were very respectful you know some were singing but they were all standing still and like mm -hmm. it was a very and she felt it was just very emotional it was very Wait, like, this is the land of the individuals yet they're showing a collective attribute yeah yeah and when you don't know where that line is drawn from one country one culture mm -hmm. to the next yeah that's that's quite a nice moment to to bank away in your memory there yeah yeah i, I thought so and i and i have to say like you know whenever i'm like um going to those uh, baseball games last weekend, it was like, um, you know, listening to the American anthem, like it really is like beautiful. Like it's um, uh, the Actually, whole I, feeling. I, I like the Russian one better. Yeah, I like the Russian anthem <laughs> It's too. a very good. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. like Not, not what they October. stand for in a sense, but yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, there's some good anthems out there. Like unfortunately, Canada's isn't one of the better ones, but no. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> it's very good. good health care. <laughs> it's very Canadian. It's very maple syrupy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what? You know, in many ways, it's not like I, you know, proud to be. You know, I, I am I proud to be a Canadian? I, I'm not necessarily proud, but I'm happy. Like I, I, just in the sense that it seems silly for me to be proud that I was born here. You know could what I mean? You I didn't say, move here. So could you like, say as a well, my my father did, but uh, and for that he's very proud of. Mm -hmm. Like he couldn't have picked a, a better country in his opinion. Mm -hmm. But could you say part of the national character of Canada is that we've actually conquered the sin of pride? in a sense, because we've actually learned to temper how much pride we feel even in our own country. Maybe, yeah. I, I think that we're a very, I think we are, to some extent, a humble people. I, I like that contrast that we have with Americans, and, and I love Americans. Like, I think the American people are such warm people. And to that point, our our anthem doesn't talk about the guns and the blaring, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's much yeah. more subdued, you know? Yeah. Well, even our, it's not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's like, what is it, peace something in good government it's like, like whoa <laughs> real inspiring but it's you know it's uh, but it is what it is like I, I i like being canadian you know what i mean i i don't I, i'm not necessarily would i die for my country i don't think so you like better. what i what i die for you better what i die for certain ideals maybe would i die for my family probably um but would you die for your neighbor that you'll never know their name no okay i wouldn't i, I wouldn't it's not die a professional for, i worry. wouldn't go to i wouldn't i wouldn't I would never, so like, I, I like to think of the fact that, you know, for the Nazis, would I have fought against the Nazis? Like, you know, I, if I, if the ever, because it's like, if ever you were going to join the army, if ever I was going to join the army, it would have to be something like that. It would have to be like, okay, it's like, it's, we're basically versus evil at this point. So it's like, okay. Like, you know, if it's like, you know, the, an alien invasion, like something like that. Okay. I'll, I'll go, I'll fight for that. I'll fight for the human race, but I'm not going to go and like, wait, wouldn't you, would, so I would die. For any unknown person, if that person 
was part, let's say in this sense, in Canada, but doesn't have to be. It's definitely not exclusive to Canada. If by them staying alive kept the ideals of which I found more valuable alive. So I would die for freedom. I would die for democracy. Would and you if, die for Pierre Polyev? Polyev? If he represented those and meant them, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, because it's the idea that has to remain, not my body. Yeah, but there's nothing to say that that idea, I, it kind of makes me think of like, um, you know, times in, well, actually, you know, we could think of in Nazi, Nazi Germany where it's like you can still, the Jewish people, like trying to keep their identity alive. Do you live to fight another day or do you try to fight, do you, or do you basically, you know, you you challenge something or you challenge like, uh, you know, you say like, no, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to collaborate with you. And it's like, okay, well then you're going to die. Like there's no, there's no immediate benefit. Well, each case is a little bit different, but the point is if they, that person died, but it kept the culture going in some other way, then mm -hmm. that's a valuable loss. You're, you're net positive yeah, from that loss. I guess. I don't have that kind of, uh, I wouldn't do that. I, 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 I would collaborate. <laughs> well, I, but, but, you know, you work under, like, I mean, I just know that it, I don't know if I'd necessarily collaborate. And I, I don't think anyone really knows what they would do in, Twitter uh, course, in that position. Of course. It's but very it, case specific. Yeah. I, I just know that I would be very hard pressed to, and maybe it's just now in my life because I'm older and I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm a little wiser to the machinations of government and stuff like that. Like if the government was like, we're going to go to war with, uh, you know, Argentina because those are our islands or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd be like, well, no, I'm not going to go in that war. Like I'm not going to fight. I am, I, you know. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, you could argue though that you've already lived so much of your life that you don't have as much to lose, you know. Yeah. And so therefore, you know, the equation changes a bit. But yeah, I wouldn't die for, in a sense, politics i would die for ideals mm -hmm. and i know those ideals can still be usurped by politics in the future mm -hmm. but i can't worry about that inevitably like it's not going to be you know anything can change in the future right um it just made me think of this uh world war one documentary that i'm kind of uh watched and um it's uh i just remember this one quote from you know so like there was times where the Germans and the English would just be across each other in the trenches. And if there was no commanders around, they just wouldn't even shoot because they're like... Um, Who wants to die? Yeah, they're like, well, they, they, they'd, be, they'd be saying like, well, you know, I want to treat them. Like if I shoot them, they're going to shoot back at me and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Because that's what trench warfare basically got down to. But then there was this one uh, time where this... Uh, kind of colonel came in and um or sergeant or something but he was saying like uh talking to the troops and one guy was like yeah there's this one uh german over there with gray hair he'll pop up every once in a while and walk around and the commander's like well so do you shoot at him and he's like and i'll say in a british accent like good god what, what has he ever done to me <laughs> <laughs> and then, so there's this idea of this like just the softness and in, yeah. in the in the ranks but it's like it's true it's like why are they like they're like i don't know why i'm sitting here in this trench for year after year but like i don't like, why would I kill this guy who's just in the same situation? I as think I? at that point, you've also you've also understood the sovereignty of the individual. And you see a man just like smoking a cigar and enjoying himself. And go, yeah, he's just a man. Yeah. yeah. And you, you disassociate then from the ideals which brought you to the battlefield to begin with. Right. And that's probably fantastic in the short term. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. But in the long term. You know, yeah. If that man smoking the cigar thinks certain people of a certain race need to be annihilated, well, you know, yeah. it may not be his individual thoughts, but that's what the side he's fighting for. Well, World War One, it wasn't even that. It true, 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 true. I forgot. It. Yeah, the but, trenches. But yeah. the um, but I, you know, they would even play soccer with each other. Right? Like, I remember this crazy, beautiful but, stories. Yeah, 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 nice. Um, I, I, I don't like that. I don't want. Yeah, by no way do I want anyone to think I 
endorse any kind of violence or war at all. It's just it's an inevitable part. You would of have it. picked them off so quickly, sir. Ding! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, no, but uh, it's just there's there are there are psycho moments that require a certain amount of just you're just going to jump into the fray. Um and it's just needed. But you hope those are like once in a every 500 year moments for humanity. Yeah, I think it, it, and maybe it, we've maybe we've grown past that finally now. Yeah, I, I don't through, know. You through, hear through technology, meaning that like if you drop the bomb, it's all over. So no one, no one. We're going to get into different types of proxy wars, like um, you know, uh, stock markets and mm -hmm. capitalism and uh, digital IDs and green agendas. Like there's just those are those may be weapons we haven't even truly understood yet. Mm. You know, a caveman wouldn't know what to do with a with a Gatlin gun. Right. right, but these may be the new weapons of the new wars. We haven't even understood the way the weapons actually work. Right. Um, I was thinking of the um, the, the Japanese, the Zero pilots who are like oh, the kamikaze. Yeah. Like, talk about pride. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. um, so you'll those people were willing to die for their country. Like, you know, no questions asked, kind of thing. And um, it's um, that that kind of that Japanese pride. I, there's something so beautiful about that. Like, in a way, right? Like, yeah. I mean. Um, it's pure. It's pure. And it's, it's actually, like, in a weird way, very individual because it's like they're called zero and they're on their own in the airplane doing it on the, their own. Yeah, yeah. Like the last couple of breaths, they're having all unto themselves, you know. Yeah. It feels like a very individual-based decision. Although, of course, it's not because it comes from a culture and yeah. a collective and everything else. But, yeah, there's a, there's a duality and it is it is beautiful. And, mm -hmm. it's, uh, and, and it's silence. I feel like it's a very silent moment. Yeah, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, figuratively speaking. Um, uh, there's a, yeah, and, there's and a effective. beauty to it. So, you know, the, um, speaking of, um, nationalism, the queen passed away, uh, sadly this yes, week. Yes. Um, what uh, were your thoughts on that? Uh, sad. I, 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 you know, like I think so many, like she was just been around for so long, like I'm, and, and like so many, it's not like I'm a monarchy, you know, like, um, I, it's not like I think that the monarchy was a great idea or anything. I just, you know, she's been around forever. I think that uh, you know, she always kind of even reminded me of my grandmother a little, um, mm. and um, or my nana, I guess it was two different. Did your grandmother hug you a lot? Um, yeah, I heard the queen wasn't a hugger. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think probably a regular amount. Okay, but uh, yeah, it was it was more just the facial features, mm. but uh, um, like old. <laughs> just, <laughs> no, no, the facial. Every time you picked up a two dollar bill, like I gotta visit nana. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I know it's just kind of sad. I think I think I, I think a lot of people sort of feel the same way. Like I think it's a lot of like she's just been around my whole life. Like I don't know any other queen, you know. Like uh, so, what? Uh, yeah, how about you? Um, you know, it's interesting. I um, when I think about myself when I was younger, and you don't have to go too far back. Twenty five years ago, Princess Diana, you know, died in the car crash in the tunnel, and uh, even then, you know, I was. Uh, very angry at the queen and felt like they certainly weren't as emotional uh, is emotionally attached to the event mm -hmm. and then you get into the conspiracy theories and you just wonder like i do i went down like just a i mean thank god there was no internet then because i didn't really bother with any sort of just things that were echoing <laughs> around my head yeah. but i wasn't a fan of the monarchy like come on you're telling me like you're chosen by god to be on earth and therefore you must be and you're you know, it kind of usurps the whole Pope thing. The closest person to God is your king. Mm. And that's why it's through divine providence that they can rule. And yeah, you, what do you, I already have religion and it's got enough problems. I don't need another one. Right. And that's sort of seemed like a relic of uh, the, um, 
you know, centuries gone by. However, in the last 25 years, watching democracy um, buckle a lot and become very divisive through probably mechanisms like the internet, where it's creating more echo chambers through algorithms that kind of feed you to more extremist positions. Having, having a queen is like a really good like layer of um, governance, even if symbolic, that doesn't show its left or right tendencies and can become thus such a unifying part of your culture. Mm-hmm. And that is something that we are, I would say in, in the States is missing. Yeah. That's probably a, why human nature really requires that. And so the Brits kind of have it right because they realize that, that by having her there, they're never going to look at Boris Johnson going, well, he's the first family of the UK, yeah, you know, like yeah. as they do in the States. So because they don't have a monarchy in the States, they will always say, this is the first lady and the first family. Right. And then their kids become presidents and it becomes like a dynasty. And like, what do you, what, 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 what? So, you know, in the States, you have the three branches of government. You have legislative, um, judicial, and executive. And I would argue in the UK, they have the fourth layer, which would be symbolic. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sits on top of all of them and creates this sort of uni- unifying umbrella for all that to operate under. Yeah. And it probably, I would say, creates a lot of national stability. Yeah. And democracy can fail. And it's kind of good to have a backup plan. Um, whether they're qualified or not is on an individual basis, but as an organization, um, you know, how much of British culture is defined by the virtues that the monarchy try to portray? Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have those virtues being portrayed by them, would they then slip into a regression of sorts where everything is permissible kind of thing? Yeah. And I don't want to sound too Puritan about it because that's the kind of monarchy I don't like where they would take the um, you know, relatives that had mental illness and like shuffle them off to some sort of uh, right. place that they, oh, no, we're infallible in our genes. Like that's just so old school. Yeah. Don't appreciate that at all. But I can understand... But let's be honest, even that sort of thing is what regular families did even 50 to 100 years ago. Oh, we don't have anybody with mental illness in our family, and they mm-hmm. shuffle them off to a village. So it was kind of a reflection of the times to a large degree as well amongst everybody. Yeah. They were kind of like an echo of what we needed to see. Um, so I, th- I do now see a lot of value in uh, the moral, not pride. I wouldn't say I would be proud to have a queen, but I'd be... I would say the virtues she embodies is something we should try to ins- to aspire to. Yeah. And th- and through that aspiration of those virtues, we can sit back and say, I'm proud of the results, yeah. but not just blind pride. There's something to be said for tradition. And uh, I, um, I listened to, well, this is a while ago, was, uh, Stephen Fry actually made a good sort of defense of the monarchy. Excellent, love them. Yeah, because like, and I, it's something I've never really, like I've always been, you know, um, I just think of like, you know, the queen is dead and everything like that. Yeah. It's like, it's too soon, I guess. But like, but you know, I Sex never really, missiles. yeah, I was just never like, I mean, like I never, I never thought it was, I, I always thought like, that just seems like a stupid system. They're, why do they have all this money? Like it doesn't yeah. make sense, blah, blah, blah. And they live off the taxpayer, which by the mm-hmm. way, apparently they are net positive and they bring more revenue than they cost. Because of the tourism or whatever? Whatever, yeah, yeah. sorts of little teacups. Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. So there's apparently like mathematical models that show they're actually a net benefit mm. economically to the yeah. country. So call that a wash, you know, yeah. like fifth, whatever, you know. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, but like, um, yeah, I think recently, probably like the, I would say as I've gotten older, I've, I've just really, uh, starting to understand the value of tradition. Like, 
Um, it's one of the things that upsets me going back to the baseball again. It's like, I used to really like baseball, the statistics, like the game, like everything about it was like just wholesome and good in my mind. And as it's gotten, you know, as I see sort of like almost the corporate, the corporate side of that, um, you know, like all these corporations, the field is always like some like Tropicana field or whatever. Yeah. It's like, um, you like, I, but there's something about just the game and like the tradition that is like, you want to keep alive. And it's some, the same with the queen and the monarchy. It's like, um, I think that there's, I think what you, what you said is like, right. I, I think that there's like, they represent another layer of government where it's like, um, you know, and I think you need that. I think that the, I think that, I think we need it in the same way that we almost need like religion or something like that. Stabilizing yeah, if there was, forces. If there was no reason, if, if there, if there was no monarchy, they would be a reason to have to create one. Because that's yeah. our psychological profile. Just like it just if there was no religions, mm -hmm. whether there's, I would, I truly believe this. There would be a reason. There's, there's an underlying psychological reason why we would need to create one. Right. And you do see religions, new ones. You could say the vaccine or digital science has become a new religion of sorts as people move on from uh, atheism plus looking for like the moral, not just that I'm atheistic uh, tendencies anymore or society, but then we have to actually add then morality into that sort of, then it just becomes a new religion unto itself. We're just yeah. recreating the same mechanisms over and over again uh, with different names. So to that degree, I agree with you. Um, the monarchy is something we probably need, something that unifies us. I mean, that's why we have a national anthem and we have a flag. These are things that supersede left and right. You would like mm -hmm. to think, you know, with the exception of Antifa, that in the States, everybody to the left and to the right are equally proud of their flag. Right. Right. You can obviously critique it, Mm -hmm. You know, but there's a certain over, and the queen represents that sort of symbolism. Yeah, in 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 a human form. Yeah, that you can meet and greet and talk to, right? Yeah. So you would like to think from them, you have the, uh, the they have the moral authority and also the historical relevance, and um, as um, I've heard before, said I, I want to live in a world where the liberal values are so good that I get to be a conservative. <laughs> right, right right and so so i think that's where the conservatism of the monarchy in a sense plays in where they try to embody those morals to such a high degree that you can actually be both liberal and conservative simultaneously right. to that degree i don't know if you ever saw this quote by stephen fry he was talking about woke culture and weaving it into movies and he being a gay man for many years because he must be what 75 years of age now and he's definitely lived through it all uh doesn't like woke culture and i believe this was a real interaction with the queen when she had to sign off on something allowing gay marriage mm -hmm. and the interaction the way he portrays it is like she's signing off on the uh yes we now will allow gay marriage in the uk and as she finishes and puts a pen down she's just like huh quite remarkable isn't it yeah it's as simple as that like it wasn't like they had this it, it happened organically over a period of time no crazy revolutions. You didn't have to like stick it in people's faces to the point that even the most conservative of them all, the queen just signs off on it. And within her own lifetime, went from being something that you couldn't even speak about, you know, World War II times yeah. to now saying you can actually not only be it, you can be it and get married and I'm signing off on it. And it's fantastic. I love the organic. And so that's where that overarching reign of a, of a culture that organically moves through time together that it just becomes the, the teeter-totter sways in a certain way and nobody feels like they're getting thrown off in a jolt. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. it's that so presence, that nice balance. You're taking the weights off the teeter-totter slowly mm -hmm. and it gently reaches the other side. 
Whereas today we're looking for like because of moral virtue, like we need to change this and we need to change that, and we have to like you know quickly you know rectify. And as a school looks on the inside, such should be all our corporations immediately, because otherwise it's systemic and this and that. It it takes time, and I think the queen represents like that passage of time, especially when it's the one person r- ruling. Is it? Do you call it ruling or yeah. positioning uh, yeah. for seventy years? She's you know seventy years isn't America two hundred and ten years old? So her rule is one third of a U.S. history. I'm just trying to do the math. I believe I did read somewhere she yeah. has been queen for one third of United States entire hmm. history. That's pretty neat. So there's that that constant you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, consistency and and binding, uh, like a binding force as well. Yeah. And even though she embodies something that's traditional, like you were saying, and in a sense conservative, her viewpoints changed gradually in conjunction mirroring society as opposed to trying yeah. to pull society along through the latest trend. You know, it was, it, it just, it seems like the right tempo yeah. for society to stick together and also move forward together. Yeah. Mm. So I would never say I'm proud of the queen. I'd be, she has virtues that she exhibits that I wish to try to embody myself. Yeah. And through that, we become more, um, I, again, I struggle to use the word proud, but more, um, you know, happy, content with the uh, good life that it will lead to. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, you know, talking about this stuff and these human attributes in general, um, it's interesting examining what constitutes humans and how intrinsic some of these things feel like it's almost like we want an excuse to be proud of something. And like, you know, humanity actually does have a lot collectively to be proud of in the sense that, um, we've come a long way and we've, you know, we're still alive. We made a lot of mistakes. Um, and there's a lot of bad things in the world, but, um, you know, you think of like, uh, I always think of like, the game civilization and like just when you think of all the um technology upgrades or is mm-hmm. like you've discovered agriculture and it's like you've discovered the wheel yeah, and they, they, they never come with like and by discovering such a thing you've ruined the environment all right well they do they actually do it uh, <laughs> do they? account for environmental damage on some of the oh, stuff okay. yeah, yeah. Cool, pollution cool. yeah because yeah. traditionally that would have not been part of the game or even the way we think in the west right right well it, yeah. it too is reflecting yeah <laughs> sid meyer too reflects the uh um okay fair um so but there's a lot of i mean you know one of the things that really sticks out i i, I just quickly go on about this like isn't it incredible this has always amazed me as a kid it was like where radio waves comes from you know like where like how it's in, like <laughs> i couldn't believe anybody would there was a point in my life where i just couldn't believe anybody was talking about anything other than the fact that we had these boxes where it's like well how does this happen through the air like how do you like i don't get it like how does it like i don't see anything and um I mean, as a child at this time, but it was, but the idea that we were as a, as a people, um, as a species, like, I mean, we are knocking all the other species out of the park in terms of like technological advancements. I mean, like you, you see like, um, you know, monkeys going like, like, oh, we figured out about this, like, you know, this hammer or whatever. I'm going to use a tool. And it's like, yeah, we just created the internet or yeah, we just created like supersonic yeah. flight and like, um, the electromagnetic spectrum, like identifying what that is and like like all these great theories in physics that came out in like the 20s and like you know einstein theories and like um you know the 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 ability that we're harnessing 
like electromagnetic waves and making use of them for like radio and television. Like it's just uh, spectacular what we're able to do. Um, and or, that, or, or bringing it back to the devil. One second, I'm going to call you out on this. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see here. Let's see if I can get my thoughts. These are all scientific technological upgrades that have allowed us to live a more convenient and um, safe life, let's say. Mm, okay, among other things. But yeah, yeah. Mm, sure. Um, but w isn't that kind of what, you know, they're, they're external in a sense. Have we, have, we, have we grown to the same degree like through our spiritual spectrum? You know, like, a, like I feel like we've, we have certainly the last 100 years achieved all those things and it's made for this podcast to be available and everything. Mm -hmm. But I wonder sometimes if we've done so much focus on that that we're not, and maybe it's just because it's the, it's the new hot thing and just humanity's like, oh my God, I can't believe we can do these things. But I feel like there's going to be a moment where we, where we tap out on the relevance of that and realize we've kind of not, we've neglected knowing thyself. Psychologically, morally, physically, internally. You know, like Lucifer, like you, know, you want to say devil, like Lucy is like derivative of the word light. So you got like, it's nothing wrong with the light. So which one's the light? God is the light or is the devil the light? I think the name is so well played. Yeah. I think I like the false light. So I even know I'm very careful sometimes because I can see like, obviously the false light must be something very attractive. Otherwise, who would follow it? Right. Right. But just like the universe is infinite, like, will there ever be a point to science that simply you're going down a rabbit hole that will never actually achieve that which will make for a better species in the end? It's I, like a fixed game. Like, <laughs> we've opened up Pandora's box now. Yeah, I think that there's something, <clears throat> I, I know you, what you're saying, and I, I agree with it to some extent. Like, I do think that we need to uh, not forget the spiritual side. Um but I think that there's something aside from just the technological advances that, for example, extend life to the amount that we're able to, you know, have these contemplations and, you know, sure. think about that. Yeah. Like there is also sort of a weaving in of spirituality. Like when I think of quantum physics, I think of it almost spiritually. Oh. I think of like, you know, the electromagnetic spectrum, like all these things. Um, yeah. I was watching um, for the first time ever uh, Fiddler on the Roof last night of all things. And um, it was uh, it was funny that it's like you're looking at this fairly uh, primitive culture. Like it was, it was, I guess, supposed to be in and i've only seen the first half of it so I don't know. I, i'll watch the rest it was a three-hour movie so um but there was a um and three-hour movie a musical not really my choice to watch so i kind of <laughs> like watched it it was i get that like people like it and like it's just not my kind of movie necessarily but it was whatever the case i, I was struggle good. with musicals too yeah yeah it was good for what it was or it is good for so far like but it's anyway but it was interesting that it's this like you know there's i think it's supposed to be like pre-world war one russia or something like that and they're jews so they're all in sort of their own community and a lot of them are spending time like you know kind of eking out a living and like you know but very spiritual ha and yeah. and happy people like you know a lot of song, a lot of like mm -hmm. uh, family time, and um, the I, you know I was talking to my girlfriend about this, and it was like, well, you know, talking about the benefits of like basically what we're talking about, where it's like, okay, like you like maybe that was a happier time, maybe people were just happier because you you had this like you the, there was a scene in it where and what makes for a better life, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, there, there, there's a scene in it where. 
um, somebody comes up and I can't remember their names. Uh, my girlfriend knows them often by other. She's seen a lot, I think. Um, but, uh, they, this guy comes up and he's like, well, don't you want to know the news of the outside world? Like there's stuff going on out there. Cause they were like, you know, um, I guess rounding up Jews or whatever. And it was like, uh, the Soviet, um, or not Soviet, I think it was pre-Soviet because they're talking about the Tsar. But anyway, um, they're having pogroms and everything like that. And it was like, um, it was like, don't you want to know about the outside news? There's all kinds of stuff going on out there. And they were like, no, like, why would I want to know about the outside news? Like, mm. this is my world here. Kind a of little thing. too insular. Yeah. A little too insular, but I don't know. There's something I can see the, I can see the appeal of that kind of simple life. Mm. Um, yeah, the Mennonites, the Amish. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's something kind of, um, you know, when you, at the end of what the... What are we built for? At the end of the day, we all die. At the end of the day, we all... Like, at the end of the day, nothing matters other than other than your spirit, like how you feel, you know, with your with who you are as a person, your relationship with God, uh, and your relationship with your family, and like how, how you've affected others, But right? wouldn't you like, say then, going back to the seven deadly sins, that they kind of all point in a direction to like wanting to achieve something at the expense that is probably too great. It's, yeah. they're all achievement bound. Right. You know, except for like, um, sloth. like maybe like, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's when you've achieved everything. <laughs> you right, get to be right. a sloth, yeah. But, um, you know, I, it's why I temper, like there's something, like you said, there's something, it's not just romantic. There's something healthy mm. about that type of lifestyle, mentally, physically. And yes, I know we talked about this last time about, you know, extending life and whatnot, but uh, like, do you know anybody alive today that is alive because of medical science and interjecting in their life so far? Well, I think that we all are, though. Like, I, I think we are all because oh, of well, look thoughts. at look at refrigeration, right? Okay. Like, okay. aren't no, we? No, living... I, I meant like more like those. Are, sorry, let me categorize it. Those okay. are basic needs, sort of more on the simple side of things. You know, like a roof, shelter, mm -hmm. uh, salting of meat so you can have food through the winter. Like, yes, there's obviously, those are all technological jumps, but how far do you need to take it in order to say the returns aren't worth the, uh, the effort so much? Like, you know, like so many children died in childbirth and mothers too, but once you factor out the zero to five uh, and you average it out, I, I don't know, you know, like... Well, I... Once, I, you, have, once you have basic needs taken care of, you're probably mm -hmm. going to get up to like 75 to 85 and modern science isn't doing much to you beyond that. Well, it's extending the average, though. And the average over a large cohort of people, like, matters. Um, you know, is it the... Well, I mean, the life expectancy used to be... Yeah, I mean, I don't know I don't know how many how much that factors in, like, stillbirths or whatever. But, like, it used to be significantly lower. Yeah, so I totally am behind all the science but that. But, like, for do Amish and Mennonite people in North America live less years than than um, the, the regular American and Canadian people? No, I mean, I don't know, but I I, I don't think there's, I, I, there's probably not that much of a discrepancy. Otherwise, I would imagine we would have heard about it. But at the same time, I would also say, like, maybe when push comes to shove, they'll be like, all right, I'll go see a doctor. Like, you oh, know what I mean? I'll oh, for sure, for sure. Growth. But just, I, it's just, um, it's, I think it's just really hard for a medicine to make a healthy person more healthy. So the point is to try to just stay healthy by a good life, yeah, which is a simple life. Yeah, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound yeah. of cure or whatever. So I, or the other way around. But yeah. Well, but I don't know, like like just even thinking like, I don't know, for example, like we're also, I guess you could say, because I was just thinking like, well, 
what about smoking? What about like just the fact that we even know that that causes cancer? Like it requires some amount of like study that goes into that to figure that out. So you know not to smoke. But uh, but at the same time, you could I guess you could argue, well, we wouldn't even have smoking if there, we had that simpler life or whatever. So I guess okay, like you know, checkmate. I guess. But um, I don't know. We sort of create problems and then we solve them. But I think we're also there's a progress to what like. I guess I, it's like pride to me. I just wouldn't put so much reverence on the science. Mm, like pride yeah. is good to a point. Science is good to a point. We yeah. need it, but I wouldn't uh, put all my eggs in one basket. Right. Like I don't want to end up like like Lucifer. Like I I um I, I do think that this I I do think it's really important. I think it's more important to have um be happy in your spiritual life. I I, I really do so believe like that. So like going back but, to like AI and and the, you know and putting the if you can create a more efficient and convenient life to the point, you know, why have a digital ID on your telephone? We can have a chip and then let's have transhumanism and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that's going to create a happier life, even though it's got technological advancement. Well, you would live longer probably though. By what? Mm, well, if you're starting to replace parts like organs that fail with others, maybe like, I don't know, I'm just thinking of like pseudo biological organs. I have that, a funny feeling it's going to be much harder than we're sold. Like your, your genes are just going to like mm -hmm. say, yeah, we're done. Like there's a certain like, a, right. uh, I forget the, math, the, the technical word for it, but when they just sort of like, they go into their death sequence at a certain age and that's it. Well, and it just becomes switch. Yeah, it's we're something AI. Like, there's something like that where the mitochondria are like I don't know they don't um, replicate to the same. You're, right. you're literally it's not just simple as I need a new liver, I need to do this. It's mm. it's 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 a whole system shut down. I don't know, or maybe it's just that that seems like it to us now because we don't have things that can like if you have something if you can have um what is that guy's and name? what would be the point of that? Well. Um, that's my, well, maybe that's the thing. We're going to, through to this. To live longer. And what's the point of that? Well, so you, I mean, then you have, like, look, if you put it in this kind of way, if you only live to be 20, mm -hmm. think of all the experiences you wouldn't have. But 20, you haven't, you haven't gotten gray yet. You haven't had children yet. You haven't got married yet. You, know, you haven't, okay, you haven't stopped working yet. So, so no, say like, you lived to But 30. there's an arc. I mean, like, once the story completes itself and you hit, like, say, 75 to 85, like the whole story about marrying, fall in love, um, create a family, raise your children, see your children have children. Mm -hmm. The arc kind of just, I don't see the point of extending beyond that. Well, but that's... I don't have any desire to go past that. And I don't want to die. Like, I want, you know, I, I, in Greek culture, we always say when you get you have a birthday, make it 100. That's like, it's a pretty high number for an old culture. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no, like, let's go on the low side. Right. I just don't see, like, if I hit, if I hit 100 relatively healthy and then the body just stops, or if I hit 170, what am I going to do? Meet somebody, like... Where were you the first 130 years of my life, darling? <laughs> you know, well, like, maybe, now life maybe that really be. begins. No, but I mean, you know? we're, we're bound by what we know, right? So like nobody, I'm sure after the first Star Wars uh, movie, uh, like that seemed to end in a pretty good arc. It's like, well, everything was sort of wrapped up. They won. Uh, and then you got Empire and you're like, oh, this is even better. You know what I mean? Like, there, I, I think there's something to that. Like, we we're ju we just know what we know, right? We don't necessarily know how good it could be or what the other stories could be told. And, you know, and also, like, let's say you do meet that love of your life at 130 when you're mm -hmm. technically a grandfather <laughs> several times over yeah. now at this point. Um, but you're not going to be having kids with that person, most likely. Most likely. So then, like, that, that person you fall in love with that starts that family really can only occupy 
one placeholder of time <laughs> like, in your life. And he's a hundred years older than his wife. Can you imagine the first guy that's like hundred years older? What are the feminists going to say about that? <laughs> like <laughs> something to be proud about. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it's, crazy. uh, it's, I, I, I don't know. I think there's something philosophical that we haven't, we haven't sussed that out at all. I didn't come in prepared to think about that today, but there are certain placeholders in life that once they're past, they're past. And whether you extend your life or not, once those moments are gone, they're gone. So enjoy your life now. That's where I'm going to, that's where I, that's where I sit currently. Was it you, uh, something I was listening to that it's like, um, the way, a good way to think about a good, a good year span to think about how to live life is five years. That's the good, that's mm. the ideal one. You don't want it too short because then you're going to be reckless. Like you don't want to say like, well, I'm only going to live for another one year because then it's like, you're going to be too reckless. And you don't want to say 30 years because then you're going to be too Like, like if you got diagnosed with a terminal illness yeah, sort but of if thing. You knew yeah. you're going to die in five years. That's kind of the right, apparently. Like, well, that's there's a good an arc balance. there. There's a balanced yeah. arc. You're right. Because mm-hmm. 30 means basically don't tell me because it's just like whatever based on our lifespan today. Right. And one's like, then you just go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so maybe five is good. I, I it's like live live as though you have five years remaining, kind of thing. But I would say uh, hmm. that's probably a good motto to live by because you don't want to waste your life and you who knows what the future is going to hold. But at the same time, um, some planning is required. Some planning is required, and like, can't we can't we as a society hope for more and try to go more? I would like to live to be a hundred, and I'd like to live to be two hundred. Like to be the okay. first 200 year old. That would, that, that would be cool. But you know, and as long as I'm not like just hooked up and my, it's just my brain in a jar somewhere, like, like, you know, but if I can have the experiences or if I'm in that and I'm living in the metaverse, maybe that's another option. It gets but, a little Palpatine again, episode nine. <laughs> a little yeah. bit, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's like eternity is a long time and, um, I can take another hundred years of life kind of thing. So, but you know, this is the thing too. You think about it in terms of like, this seems like a lot of years to us, but it's, it's absolutely nothing compared to the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So inevitably like, it's like, what is the universe going to benefit from this? Mm. You know, like what's better, just you on a personal level in your mind, it's, it's such a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. Like it means nothing in the grand scheme of 4 billion years of existence. Right. Well, to the universe, but I mean, yeah, it's like, it's I'm just not like, looking out like, for his best What makes interest. you think then like 120 years really is quantifiably less than 180 in the grand scheme of things? In the grand scheme of things, yeah, you're right. But You know, like, so my point is we never quite know if we'll get to this magical number we're mm-hmm. talking about. So live, I like what you said, live in five-year segments, but really live. Mm-hmm. Because it's the feelings you're going to feel in a duration of time and how potent they were and the things mm-hmm. you experience or discover rather than the duration of time it took you to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I do feel, just for the record, I, I do feel like life is probably an illusion anyway. Like, I, I think that mm. we're probably, there's some other plane. So it's just, it's just that it's kind of like if you're playing a game, like even though you know there's like going to be a sequel to the game, like you want to... Uh, you can still want the game to last longer. Like it's it's fun playing the game, so it's like. Uh, but I but I think that um, I don't know. Some some video games are so so tired. Like, can I, euthanasia now. <laughs> it's been right, four and yeah. a half hours. I can't get that damn last villager. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else on this topic you wanna you wanna uh, say? Or? No. Um, just pr- pride is just one of the ones that. Um, sounds superficially like such a great thing to have you mm. know it's yeah. it's really like and so does ambition but like in terms of the seven deadly sins like it just really sounds like like be proud about the way you look be proud of the way, the way yeah. you dress be proud of the way you are your your reputation mm-hmm. you know um yeah 
Um, and I think it's such a, it's a, it's like a weird mirror image of something. You really have to go in the opposite direction. Like, well, what is the virtues that you were doing that allowed you to be proud about is where you need to be focusing your attention on, not mm-hmm. just pride on like blind pride yeah, in itself. Yeah, for and sure. And so like, I think a lot of people don't see that, particularly the, in the age of uh, social media and just like everything is just so shallow. Mm-hmm. Like you look great. Okay, that's so I want to look great. Yes, but how did they do it? Well, it was discipline, eating yeah. good, researching your what kind of food you need to eat. Those are the attributes we need to be focusing on, not just the end result. Yeah, actually, uh, that's a good point. Um, and I, I just wanted to say, so like, you know, should you be proud of, like if you go to a gym, you'll see a lot of people, like in some of the more, I guess, like busier places, you'll see a lot of people kind of strutting around, like showing yeah. off their biceps yeah. and everything. And it's like, like, like you said, like, yeah, the discipline and everything required to get there is, you know, that's something to be proud of. I think there's a little something to, you know, uh, it sort of depends on, you know, I, I don't love that whole bro culture thing, but mm-hmm. like, I think that it's, um, I do think that there's, you know, you should be proud of, like, if you look good, you be proud of it. Like if, it, if it's a, if it's something you've worked for, you but, know? Yeah. But it's the, it's the, again, I, I just, for me, just my, my brain's program, I go to the underlying attributes. Like, so that's, mm-hmm. this is a person that, and then mm-hmm. all the good things that they had to do in order to get to that point. Right. I've never been more proud of myself, let's say, than in the last two and a half years going through this incredible segregation in society. Right. You know, like, it's like, okay, so. There's a lot of psych ops happening, a lot of coercion, pressure, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna, and you know, I, I have a lot of faults, but one of my more interesting traits is that when I don't know something, I just kind of freeze, pause, file it away, and I can sit on that question for ten years. Mm. Incredible patience. Like something is up, and I smell a rat, and I'll sit there and research it to death in the highest form i know i don't just mean like going to like like newspaper articles around Mm -hmm. and start to basically like elon musk teaching himself you know um, astrophysics or whatever he's doing with spaceships that's not not his original discipline and just like literally science it to death and uh, not crack until i understand fully what i'm doing and fully doesn't mean like do I want uh, an injection or not? It's like, what does this mean to society? What is this? What kind of world are we building? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to me and my bodily autonomy, my verbal autonomy, my thought autonomy? Am I like, where, where are we? What kind of construct are we creating around us? Right. And by doing uh, Operation X, will I be getting sort of societal version Y? You know, I need. It takes a while to connect these ideas. Yeah. And if you just simply stumble from one day to the next, from one idea to the next, from one problem to the next, you don't have the space and time to see the overarching trajectory of what your actions are creating, mm-hmm. right? We're kind of like building the matrix and we don't even know that it's happening around us. Right. And so I'm really proud that I just uh, didn't overreact and hunkered down and like, didn't, didn't crack, you know? And I have nothing but love and like admiration for all humans that went through the last year because whether they decided to do something or not isn't really the point. Everybody felt that pressure and everybody needs to come together. Mm-hmm. you know that's that's the end of it yeah okay yeah deep that's a thoughts, good, uh, eh? deep, deep thoughts, thoughts yeah. yeah um okay let's uh let's end it there and uh well uh you know thank you everybody for listening i'm really proud of this episode <laughs> oh. um yeah and uh uh <laughs> i don't know why i stumble over the ending all the time it's like uh uh have a because good we night. like have it and we don't want it to end you yeah, know we're just getting warmed true, up a little true. bit but you Should know 
open some beers or something. There's a moment. Really. There's a moment though when we get into this that if we don't stop, we'll start to trip up and the conversation yeah. loses a little focus, right. and, and that's yeah, just yeah. not good for us or the people listening. So true, true. Okay, so we will say um, a, a good day to everyone, and uh, thanks for listening today. Take care, guys. Bye.